Welcome into this episode of Farscast. Farzim Dasugin here with you. It is the end of the first week of April. It's already April. Holy shit. Yes, it is already April, folks. And trust me, it's me. I, I, I don't know if I sound different or what. I was screaming a lot Monday night. No, I did not get into a shouting match with anyone except for my TV because Kansas won the national championship. Holy shit. Um, we'll talk about all of that. Uh, a lot to get into on this episode. Wanted to talk about the Final Four, the NCAA Championship, KU, my alma mater, coming away with the big comeback win. Let's talk about comeback wins for a second, because I've got something to say about that. WrestleMania 38 took place this week. I believe this is the first WrestleMania to take place two nights, or maybe the second year. I think it's the first year to take place with a full crowd. I had some opinions going into that, and now I have a new opinion coming out of that. Even though I don't watch wrestling anymore, I did try to follow WrestleMania as close as possible. Stefan Diggs, another wide receiver who cashed in big with a big contract this year. Wide receiver just getting rich. UFC 273 is taking place this weekend. That is fucking huge. And a radio host got fired for a joke she made about the vice president. So a lot to get into here on this episode. But I am not alone on this podcast. I got two good friends of mine joining me here on this episode. Uh, You've heard them both before on this podcast before. Eddie Law, he is the host of the Keyboard Warriors MMA podcast, Believe in Arizona, and also with Cage Side Press. And Josh Avanoff here with me. uh, Does all kinds of blogs for BJPenn.com, Courtside Roundhouse, and much more. So, Gentlemen, appreciate you guys joining me here on this uh, lovely Thursday night. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Thursday. I was just trying to who's going to go first. I was just hey, like, hey, all right. Hey, my, 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 no, that's my, okay. So, so I, I, have, I got four kids, and my, my youngest are – I have four kids, the, 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 the one-year-old, and then I have three teenagers, right? And the youngest teenager comes home today, and she goes – uh, it feels like a Friday. I'm like, well, it's fucking not. Like, you got to go to school tomorrow. She goes, I wish it was. Everybody, yeah, everyone in the house is like, yeah, it did feel like a Friday. I'm like, you guys are all full of shit or you're fucking with me. Like, what the hell is going on right now? And like, yeah, dude, that's just a weird the thing. And, you know, once it starts, like, once you get past, like, like the, 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 the all the holidays and shit and you get into, like, the, like, the, I don't even know, I don't even want to call it like, Easter and stuff like that. Like, holidays, let's be honest, nobody really cares about, like, then you start going like, all right, it's it's going to be a long drag back to Halloween, man. So. <laughs> you know, Eddie, you and I, we were talking before we started recording. It's like, listen, I know you're a huge MMA fan. I am too. I'm a huge NFL fan. But after that, a lot of the other sports, it's like my sports teams better be good if I'm going to follow them closely. Because <laughs> um, it's like, yeah. you know, how how is it that someone follows the NFL closely, college football closely, college uh, basketball, the NBA? baseball which is an everyday sport and i'm not knocking anyone for doing all of that but man it's like do you not watch movie like me personally i'll watch a couple <laughs> sports closely i mentioned my sports and then you know i like to have a life i like to do other things listen my entire sundays are blocked off for nfl football mm-hmm. i like to have a life somewhat on a weekend so saturdays i'm out doing shit i'm not watching much college football I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Because it's like, I'm 30, so I'm at the point, I'm almost 31, so I'm kind of at the point where it's like, you know, obviously I have far more priorities in my life today than I did 10 years ago. Even 10 years ago with school and trying to follow sports, that, you know, sports I love, it was still hard to do at the time. I, what, what, how do you guys try to balance all of that, to try to watch sports as much as you can? Eddie, you got like, what, four kids? Yeah, four. I got four. Uh, yeah. I'm 36 years old. I got, yeah, I got busy. But here's the thing about it, though, like, 
about i don't know how people do it either like even back before when i was single you know, no worries no no real commitments nothing crazy like even then i was just i tried for a long time for example like i was like all right cool nba uh um you know college basketball and football only the men's one because it's hard to follow all of them yeah um nfl and then all fighting right this is back when like ufc had like a pay-per-view or an event jesus an event once every like month at most right like now it's like now it's like almost every week dude i'm so tired like (laughs) last weekend everyone's like i can't believe there's no ufc i'm like thank god there's no ufc oh my god like fuck dude (laughs) i'm so tired like so yes my side my saturdays are blocked off for fighting and then outside of the season like uh like i i I try during the nfl season i try to watch all the games i can only watch cardinals like i can't unless it's like uh i gotta watch the cardinal game and whatever games on on sunday night um and that's kind of it monday night game i'll see a little bit of and all that but i don't know how they do it man i really don't i I feel like they they don't have a job or (laughs) i don't know if they have a job that's eight hours eight plus hours of the day well that's my thing too like you and i we were talking i have satellite radio which i really love when i'm in my car that's honestly the closest i i follow the news i mean occasionally i'll watch it some of it at home once or twice a week at home for a little bit but it's like i'm listening to the radio and whenever they do the top of the hour like Mm -hmm. Anchor update, whatever. That's like the most news I get. Josh, how, how do you try to balance all of that? See, I'm lucky in regards to like sports. I've kind of like figured it out. Like I work, I work for three websites, right? You know, I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday nights or for the boys. I don't work Saturday nights. So I just go yeah. and watch that with my friends. And then like Sunday, I'll watch during football season. But even then I work from home so I can put on the TV. I don't know how people like I got some friends like they follow every single sport imaginable. And I've never understood it, dude. Not even for a little bit. Because like I got, I got like a royal shirt on. I didn't fucking watch them play today. Like I, I don't. I just watched the ninth inning. Exactly. Like I was like, oh, I was like, I was on Twitter. I was like, oh shit, they won. Like that's awesome. Like that's that's about as far as it goes outside of MMA football. That's essentially it. That's how I manage it. Yeah. And listen, I'm one of those people. Like, look, I I don't know about you guys uh, on, on like a personal level. Like, I like to watch movies. I like to go out to the park. I like to, you know, explore like new shit in my area in Kansas City. And I know, Josh, you live in the area as well. So it's like, you know, if I dedicate myself to watching sports all the time, it's you're going to be a boring as hell person. Like, I don't even know how you can grasp interest from women uh when you're trying to date like if all you do is talk about sports actually i'll tell you this like okay i get it 99 of guys out there are always into sports i went on a date once with someone who a woman who claimed to be this huge royals fan that's like all she could talk about but she actually didn't really know anything about the team i don't even watch baseball i mean i worked for the royals back then so i kind of knew more about them But it's like, man, this is actually a really boring date. All we're doing is talking Royals baseball. I, I, I'm trying to change the subject, and she just yeah. reverts right back to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. There are a lot of things I want to get into. Uh, let's talk about the national championship. Rock Chuck Jayhawk, my alma mater. Uh, I was hoping we could have won when I was there when we had Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid. But hey, uh, beggars can't oh, be choosers. Too. Were yeah, you that, that Mario was there. No, Mario was 2008. He's the one actually 14 years ago today made uh-huh. that miracle shot to tie the game when KU was down by 12 with two minutes left. De- um, Derek Rose looked like heartbroken as fuck. Oh, yeah. Shot. I saw Derek and I was like, oh, man, he about to win the title. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be the end, but whatever they board, they give it at the end of the game or whatever. And no, nah, dude, when Mario hit that shot, I was like, hold up. 
What well, the fuck just happened? Well, what's crazy is I kind of had flashbacks to 2008. Even though we were the ones coming from behind, we missed yeah. a shit ton of free throws. I'm like, come on. But hey, yeah, actually, what's funny is Bill Self uh, came back to Lawrence with the team. And they were at the football stadium, which, you know, our, th- th- that's probably the first trophy our football stadium has seen in a long time. I always <laughs> make the joke that um, the only two times I've ever seen our football stadium packed is for KU versus K-State because it's an in-state rivalry game. And the second most was graduation. The only two times I've ever <laughs> seen the stadium packed. Yeah. Um, but no, Bill Self made a joke uh, saying that these guys played great. He paused and then said in the second half. So people got a kick out of that. But, you know, that's actually one thing I wanted to get into. Uh, comebacks in this sport. Uh, and by the way, props to Bill Self. I've been very critical of him. And I think, you know, you got to understand when you go to the tournament so many times, like Coach K has, who who, who just ended his coaching career, you're going to have some upsets. You're, and you're also going to go very far at times. But as far as comebacks go, um, listen, I just witnessed my college basketball team come back from behind. Just a couple months ago, I witnessed my favorite NFL team blow an 18-point lead one game away from the Super Bowl. And we see comebacks happen a lot. 3-1 series leads, uh, three, four-possession leads in sports. Uh, Obviously, the biggest one, the Atlanta Falcons blowing that big lead to the uh, Patriots. Here's my theory on this stuff, and athletes will never, ever admit this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The reason comebacks happen is because athletes, maybe even coaches sometimes, get complacent. You cannot convince me otherwise. They get complacent. They're, they have this. They don't say it. They don't say it externally. They don't say it vocally. They don't say it's over. But internally, they're checked out. They think it's over. They're crowning themselves as winners, or in this case, champions for UNC. But. I just feel like athletes in general get way too comfortable when they have a big lead. What do you guys think, Josh? I want to go to you first on that. Well, I mean, I, I agree to a point. I mean, if you talk about complacency, like people getting comfortable, you brought up like the Falcons, like the Falcons Patriots game earlier. I'll never forget. Like, I think it was like at the end of the third quarter, the owner of the Falcons went down to the lower level to already start preparing oh, yeah. for the celebration. Like, it, I think entirely complacent. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into that sort of thing. Like, sometimes it's injuries, sometimes it's fatigues, yada, yada, yada. I feel like complacency. I never really thought of it from that lens, but, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Like, people just getting used to being up, and then they blow the lead. The thing about comebacks, man, it's a lot of it's momentum-based, right? Like, once you lose on momentum, it looks – I mean, shit. Well, UNC was up, what, 15 at the half? Like – yeah, people were, people were writing you guys off already. Kansas fans. The funny thing about that is Kansas fans are talking about, oh, the fix is in. They want USC to win. And I go, God oh God, God. Guys. no. And then the comeback starts up. They're like, oh shit. And I'm like, oh, it's not fixed now. It's not fixed now, fuckers. Like, all right, dude, shit. But no. <laughs> hey, the, hey, Patrick. Like, Patrick Mahomes did not throw the game in the first half, but he threw the game in the second half allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I, that, it's so weird. And the thing is, I would love, I would love to say it's all only Kansas. And, and, and KC fans that do that, it's not. Every fucking fan yeah. base does this shit. Yeah. Suns fans are the worst. We're up 2-0 in the NBA Finals last year. And these motherfuckers, <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. I dished out money going like, hey, look, look, just in case, I need to go to a game. So I dished out like over two grand for okay-ish seats at the NBA Finals game two. We win the game, okay? And the, the one thing I, t- I remember t- I, me and my wife went, I remember sitting looking at my wife and I go, if they, if they want, to win this title, they need to shut the fuck up on the way out. She goes, what do you mean? And I'm like, we have the worst fan base on the planet. 
People get mad at me for saying that, by the way. Arizona, Arizona fan base is the worst fan base ever because none of us are from here, me included. I've just been here longer, a long ass time. But, you know, we're walking out of the stadium and they did the exact shit I didn't want them to do. Sun's in four. Sun's in four. I'm like, God damn it, we lost. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, we're losing this shit. And she didn't believe me. She thought I was being superstitious. And I'm like, okay, okay, sure. Yeah, four fucking games later. Or yeah, four games later. Yeah. Enjoy that shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was just embarrassing. But momentum is everything to me in, 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 uh, in, in a comeback. You know, I mean, shit, Brady did it against the Falcons. Everyone thinks because Brady, no, the Falcons dropped that game. The, the momentum was shit. They thought they had that shit won. They forgot they had the goat on the other side. And so, you know, it, it's mix your luck, mix to me, a big time momentum. I mean, should we see it in MMA fights as well? So it's just, I don't know, momentum. Oh my God, MMA fights, dude. Those are always, I mean, a lot of those fights are always accused of fixes, especially like oh. Jake Paul and all that stuff. I, I mean, okay, I real quick on that one, just because just we're just because you brought it up. Yeah, please. Oh, everybody, I, I still think Tyrell Willie got knocked the fuck out. Okay. Yeah. I think he got knocked the fuck out. Okay. So just yeah. put that out there. Yeah, exactly. So, but. Everyone's going as okay. Jake Paul's boxing like this. He turned his glove a little bit. Like he flicked his glove. And the entire knew, oh, okay, it's coming. And he took the shot and he just drops. And I'm like, are you telling me a grown ass man went ahead and took that shot to the face like that? And that's how he lost? Come on, dude. You're not going to take a dive on a knockout. You'll take a dive on a decision or some shit like that, but not a knockout. You're not fucking uh, Bob Sapp, crying out loud. What did you, Farz, what did you think of that? Honestly, I fell asleep before that because <laughs> it was so late. I did watch it, but Colby Covington did an interview recently, um, yeah. and he said something about how Jake Paul made like some gesture, and and then it happened. Listen, I've never boxed before, so I'm not going to talk shit on any, any of these guys. You, those guys are tired after a few rounds. People are like, "Oh, it's only a couple of minutes for." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. You still get fucking tired from that shit. I think. You know, once you see a swing, it's too late to even react to it. And it just just happens. I I don't know, man. I don't think this shit's fixed. I, I really don't. I think people are just mad because Jake Paul is better than maybe what we thought. I don't know. Josh, how do you feel about all that? Well, I mean, I've always said like people are always like, oh, man, it's rigged. Like, bro, look at him. He he fell a certain way or some yeah. shit. Like, man, it's it's rigged from the aspect of like we're watching fucking 40 year old Ben Askren with a like a fucking, you know what I mean? Like knee replacements and back like. That's how it's rigged. That's the grift. Like, if you're looking for an actual contest, you should have stopped a long time ago. Like, I remember seeing that, like, the day after it happened. You know what it reminded me of? You guys remember, like, the show, the Showtime kick? Anthony yeah. Pettis and Benson Henderson. Ben, like, oh, uh, yeah. Henderson puts his, like, uh, foot on the back of the cage. Everybody's like, yo, we told him to do it. Like, if you go, like, to the YouTube comment section, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he signed for him to do it. So then he could get kicked flush right in the fucking face. Like, that's not how you rig a fight, bro. Like, come on. Look, man, like, and you're right about, like, being super tired in boxing matches, right? Like I've I fought and I've and and, and, and you know, I found it important when I do jujitsu tournaments, like which has been a long time because I keep getting an injured. When you get old, every, Josh, you are gonna hurt. You're gonna wake up one day when you're 30. So you got 10 years to enjoy your shit, bro. All right, enjoy it. 30, the day you turn 30, you're gonna wake up and your back's gonna hurt for no reason. It gets worse from there. So anyway, I haven't comp- haven't competed in a minute. But when I do training camps with that shit, the, only, the the best way to get cardio besides getting rounds on the ground is sprints okay so yeah dude those guys were gassed the fuck out after like two rounds that's just hard to keep up like that but uh yeah i don't fucking get the, the whole it's a fix and all that and it's just it's just i think people just get mad and get emotional that's why i like fighting 
because with the Suns and the Cardinals and Arizona, uh, football and basketball, unfortunately, I'm emotionally attached. So they lose, I am bummed the fuck out. When Mexico loses the World Cup, which we never expect to win, to be honest with you, but like that's depressing, right? But the only fighters that are left that are still fighting for, that, that I might have a, like, an attachment to, Nate, even when he loses, he wins, so it doesn't even matter. But Nate, uh, um, Nick, who I was hoping wasn't going to come back, but he did, and I went to go watch it. Um, oh, yeah. And like, Honestly, like guys that I get bummed out to lose is it's now those two guys. It used to be Kane and a couple other guys, but they're all retired. So, you know, that's just one of those things. But dude, like, we can't be emotionally attached to this shit, man. You'll say anything. Shit, your girl, your girl breaks up with your dumpster, whatever. You'll be like, she was cheating on me. No, she wasn't, dude. She didn't like you. <laughs> um, I did want to address one thing uh, because, and look, I don't follow college sports too, too closely. Um, this whole thing. Uh, so Bill Self and the Kansas program are accused of, and I'm reading this from heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, they're accused of committing three level one violations, which are the most severe the NCAA can hand out and has to do with eligible and eligible players, all kinds of things. I know there was some drama going on when uh, Silvio DeSouza was at Kansas a few years ago and whether or not he went through Adidas, making money to come to Kansas, all that stuff. Look, let me just say something, because a lot of people were talking about how um, Mark Emmert mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday uh, when the championship matchup was set. A lot of people were talking about, you know, it, if Emmert hands the trophy to Bill Self, it's going to be a lot like when Roger Goodell handed the Super Bowl trophy to uh, uh, Robert Kraft. And we talked about this when the, oh, yeah, uh, when yeah. the uh, Falcons lost yeah. that Super Bowl. And it's like, well, we're about to have a really awkward trophy presentation because... They booed his ass uh, at, uh, during the Lombardi uh, uh, celebration. Uh, we didn't really have that kind of an exchange, except other than um, Emmert called them the Kansas City Jayhawks. So, I mean, it's 40, <laughs> min- <laughs> 40 minutes yeah. away. So, I guess. I don't uh, know. Uh, Emmert, but but, but here's the thing. A lot of people are talking about the uh, Jayhawks and all. Let me just say mm-hmm. something. And I heard someone on ESPN radio discuss this. I did not catch the host name. But, it's, but he said something interesting. He said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Let me just say something. I don't care who your team is. I will put my hands up right now and say my team does this. My, my The Kansas Seahawks, they're my team. Every team cheats. And you know what? The NCAA has such a big rule book that I don't even think the NCAA knows all of its own rules. So there is a possibility that teams are committing violations, mm-hmm. like very, very minor violations that they don't even know of or they don't even notice at the time. Um, now there are some teams Yeah, sure. Maybe they're doing something under the table. I don't know. Okay. Um, let me just say this. If you truly believe that there are college programs out there, especially the big names and even some of the mid to small tier, uh, programs that, you know, are trying to compete with the big boys. If you don't think college programs are not trying to work around the rules or cheat a little bit, I have a house, a beach house to sell you in good old Kansas where beaches don't even exist. Okay. (laughs) Every school does this. I I mentioned the ESPN radio host who said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I'm not saying it's right. No one's saying it's right, but let's just be honest. Everyone's trying to find a way around the rules these days. I mean, Belichick's notorious. I know Belichick's not a college coach, but he is so notorious for finding ways around all these damn rules one way or another. No, dude, and, that, and then you're absolutely right. For example, uh, 
it's pretty damn well known around Arizona, especially in Tucson. DeAndre Ayton, number one pick to the Suns a couple years ago, was getting like 10 grand under the table. Not even the table, just getting 10 grand, you know, like, I don't know if it was a month or how much of a money, but Sean Miller was a head coach back then. That dude could recruit his ass off and no one knew why. And then I heard that and I was like, that's why. He's got, he's got money. So um, you're right. Like every program's cheating. Like I guarantee if they looked into Coach K, like go, Coach K, hell of a coach. I'm sure he's a decent guy. But it, I guarantee if you're looking at the Duke program, ooh, Kentucky, Calipari, oh shit. Like <laughs> brace yourself, suspend everybody. But the yeah. problem is, Emmert goddamn well knows that if you actually went after any of these people, you'd lose the sport. It'd be over. But it'd be like baseball, you know, getting caught with steroids. And I was just going like, to say that. Instead of accepting it, they were just like, oh, no, we're taking them all out. Oh, my God. But boring, baseball's been boring as fuck since they did that shit. You know what I mean? So it's just, that's just kind of what it is with that. But um, I don't know, man. NCAA likes to pretend like they're not dirty as shit either. Or Emma yeah. will be the dirtiest motherfucker, you know, outside of Rob Manfred and uh, shit. I don't know. Who's the dirtiest person you know? That guy. He's dirtier than that guy. But either way, um, yeah, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. If you get caught, you get caught. But like, hey, Kansas is walking away with the title. If they don't get stripped from that, they're good. Yeah, and even if they get stripped, it's like everybody saw them do it. Like they're, they're going to go yeah. down the wood books as being champions. Like if, yeah. if you're not, it's a it's a phrase for a reason. Like yeah. I've never really seen a punishment also that's like severe enough for any like for it to be deterred. You know what I mean? Unless right. you're like program gets like a like a fucking death sentence, they're going to keep on cheating. Who got yeah. the Ole Miss back in the day? Uh, right, Ole Miss got the death sentence. The death sentence. Somebody, some big pro, pro college yeah, program so, yeah. got, got the I death sentence. I can tell you. And. Well, uh, it was like pretty bad. And I know they tried to do it to Miami back in the day too. And it just didn't work out. Well, I don't remember. I want to say it was Oklahoma football. Mm. Don't quote me on this. It was like 05 or 06 where they made it really far. And I think they got to one of the big BCS bowl games. Maybe it was the national championship. Again, I I may have part of that wrong, but they uh, it got to the point where all their wins got vacated. It's like, look, they – won almost every game that year. You're going to mm. really think that I'm just going to look at this and say, oh, yeah, yeah, they were all losses. It's like, no. Um, I mean, of course, Penn State, I, I didn't they vacate all of their wins under um, Paterno? Paterno, yeah. Paterno. Yeah, Paterno. Yeah. And it's like the running joke was um, KU football had more wins than Penn State. Than the last. <laughs> it's like, really, like, did KU football really have more wins? No, hell no. Um, I get it. There were there were some terrible things that took place. That, that's not being excused. Not one bit here. So I just want to make because I know someone's going to tweet us and be like, oh, you guys are excusing that. No, shut up. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't really know how you can, sure, maybe you can say you vacate and in the record books, it's all a race, but we all saw this on good old TBS or TNT, whatever the hell station it was. Um, as, as you said, Josh, it's not like you can make us, you can't erase that from our memories. I mean, it's there. Yeah. I mean, Reggie Bush had his, uh, his Heisman taken. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I always think of. Yes. Like I also you brought up Oklahoma. I think it was USC because they took away all the wins and they beat Oklahoma that year in the national title game in 05, I think. Okay, that's probably who I was thinking of. Then. Yeah, mm-hmm. beat the shit out of them. Oh. And then they took the wins, they took the national title. I'm like, man, we everybody still watched Oklahoma get wrecked. Like, that's something that yeah. happened. <laughs> like it just makes yeah. no sense. No, when the fact that they took Reggie Bush's Heisman away from him, that was the fucked part. Like, ah, come on, dog. And then I think they recently, did he get, like, I don't know what the word is, like, not exonerated or whatever. He's like, been, recently? I think he was trying to fight for that. 
because there's like some new rule in college sports. That, yeah. I don't know the exact ruling, but yeah, he was trying to get it back. Yeah, because they were paying for his parents' home in San Diego and a bunch of this shit. And it was just like, well, now you're kind of allowed to make that money. Oh, for the jersey thing, right? He was like selling or he was like a jersey. Oh, setting, that's right. Yeah. Right. So it's like, well, now it's allowed. Like, all right, bitch, give me my trophy back. What the fuck? Like, you know well, I mean? do if you guys remember Johnny Menzel, he was still, he was still um in college at the time. He had not been drafted yet. He was seen front row at an NBA game, and the announcer said, nah, "How did he get these tickets?" Right. And it's like, you know, like are we? They really need to loosen up, and I really do appreciate KU with those Title Nine shirts. I mean, just trying to stand up to the NCAA because it's it's easy to be afraid of these kinds of things. So, listen, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like, I don't have the facts. None of us do. None of us right. know what happened when. I know, and I, I'll admit. Ignorance here. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have all the facts to this. I, I know there's a headline out there from the Orlando Centennial talking about how, you know, as KU wins the championship, one of the um, Adidas reps is sitting in jail as this is all happening. So I, I don't really know all the details behind that, yeah. but that's for the uh, FBI to, to yeah, figure we're, out. We're, worst case, they'll pretend like they didn't win those games. They pretend like they didn't win the title and Bill yeah. simply get fired. That's all that's going to happen. If anything we'll, happens. We'll just pretend. Yeah, those we'll things just pretend, that happen. Yeah. Um, Josh, I know you're a huge uh, wrestling guy. Uh, WrestleMania 38 took place, and I don't know what the reason for this is. I know wrestling. I listen. I, I don't follow. I, I'll like Eddie. You mentioned I'll watch the Royal Rumble and I'll watch WrestleMania, and I did follow it closely for a bit because there was all this talk that Brock Lesnar could return to the UFC, and I was hoping he would lose his world title or whatever it was, the Universal title, whatever they call mm-hmm. it. Um, because that would have been a big indication that he's coming back to the UFC, but obviously that never happened. Um, so I don't follow wrestling too closely, um, except for those events. I don't know if this was a pandemic thing. I know wrestling is bigger today. They've got Raw, SmackDown. They've got NXT. I don't know too much about all of that. Um, I mean, they've got a, a massive roster compared to 20 years ago where you would see, you know, The Rock and Triple H and Stone Cold on Monday Night Raw, and you'd see them again on on uh, SmackDown that Thursday night, even though they record on Tuesdays. Uh, so I guess because of the big roster, um, they they do these big events, WrestleMania, on two different nights. I know the Royal Rumble was on two different nights as well. And I thought, this is a really terrible idea. You're going head-to-head with the Final Four. And look, I don't know what the ratings were for the Final Four versus pay-per-view buys for WrestleMania. But you know what's a really big deal today? Trending topics on social media. WrestleMania 38 was the number one trending topic on Twitter Saturday night during the final four. Now, number two, three, four, and five were, were the final four and coach K and Duke and all these other things, uh, especially coach K. Cause it was going to be his last game as you know, it didn't look like Duke was going to uh, pull out with the one as the game went on, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think something needs to be said about that because I know Dana white from the UFC, he makes a huge deal. He doesn't talk about buy rates. But he talks a lot about how uh, the UFC is trending on social media and how they have this uh, little uh, project they do uh, the week of every pay-per-view called Embedded, where they kind of go behind the scenes in the, in the fighters' lives and their family lives and their training and all that stuff leading up to the day of the fight, which is actually a really cool feature. And then uh, he brags about the amount of views he gets on, the, on, the, on YouTube for those videos. So ratings and buy rates, I don't even know if that's really important. Don't get me wrong. They're not irrelevant, but they're not what they really used to be. They're not as highly coveted anymore. I'm curious to know how you guys feel about 
trending topics on social media and whether that means more today than television ratings, Nielsen ratings. Josh, you're the wrestling guy. I'll go to you first on this. Yeah, it's actually funny. I was talking about this subject with my friend like like a week or two ago. Like if you're, it's honestly just like a shift. I wouldn't say that one means more than the other, but it's kind of just like the way it's portrayed. I feel like less people, less and less people watch TV. I don't have television. I watch everything via streaming or uh, I'll make a lot of people do. Yeah. You know, um, and that's just the way that people watch stuff now. And also on social media, it's like everything that's clipped. You can see everything nowadays. WrestleMania trended you know, higher than the final four, for example, part of me wonders how much of that trended over the final four, because people knew going in, Oh yeah, final four, you know what to expect. And then WrestleMania had, they were showing clips of like fucking, Oh, stone cold. Steve Austin is back. And all this shit was happening. Yeah. That was like a surprise. I don't want to say one means more than the other, but I do buy like less and less stock in television ratings. Like I think pay-per-view buys are like fine. If you want to go buy that, because I think especially when it comes like UFC, you're like seeing, Oh, who are the draws? Who are people throwing money out for? But for television ratings, I care. I care zero. I mean, if you look like the NBA, I feel like the NBA like downhill so fast. We're talking about yeah. television ratings, but social media is fucking killing it higher than any other sport. Like so people are still talking yeah. about the NBA. It's not like, you know, the yeah. NBA just doesn't exist to anyone. Let me say this. Like when the NFL had all that, uh, the deal with the kneeling and the anthem and all oh, their ratings are down. It's like, okay. Tell me a television program that's beating them right now. And this is obviously back in 2017. Mm-hmm. So it's like, tell me a, a program out there that's beating the NFL right now. Sure, the NFL's ratings are down. You want to make a big deal about it because you don't agree with the protests. But is something else beating it right now? No, the NFL's never lost to anyone. I think the only time the NFL's ever lost in the ratings battle was back when The Walking Dead was huge at its highest point. I think there were like two episodes back to back where The Walking Dead had higher ratings than Sunday Night Football head to head. So, but but that's it. We've never seen the NFL get dethroned, and even today, even though ratings for everything are down, um, the NFL is still the top spot. But, but my whole point is, yeah, like you know, we talk about ratings going down, but Josh, you said it best. Like people are still talking about all that stuff. So, Eddie, what do you, what's your uh, reaction to all of that? You remember when the UFC got bought by? Uh... Endeavor it used to be called something else, but Endeavor IMG, I think IMG. So they got caught by they got bought by IMG, four billion and all this whole shit and everything. Yeah, when that happened, that was right when we started seeing only title fights, main event, uh, uh pay per views. Before that, you could have fucking anything. The last time, other than uh, Masvidal Colby, right? Before that, what was it UFC 183? Nick Diaz, Anderson Silva, no, no we, right? we've had some. I mean, Conor McGregor, uh, he and Nate Diaz had a couple, oh, yeah. and then Conor okay, yeah, yeah, had yeah, yeah. one with um, with Dustin. But yeah, uh, other right. than those, no, we, we 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 don't see that ever. Okay, exactly right. So why is trending? And you know, trending Wait, let, let, and let me that. just let me let me All just right. say something. Uh, there was also McGregor and Cerrone. Like, if your name is not Conor McGregor, yeah. and then other than yeah. Masvidal and uh, Covington, you're they're not going to main event a pay per view right. with with no title fights. I just wanted to clear that up. And, uh, and you're right, you're right. And, uh, and uh, I can't remember it was. Uh, oh shit, Josh two forty two was two forty four. Masvidal yeah. Nate was that main event? That was main event. Yeah, oh yeah, they yeah. had the BMF title, bro. It's all cool. <laughs> the B- the BMF title. <laughs> when the Rock came out, I was like, "Man, I hope Nick comes out and any just no one just go go plot his your ass just for no reason." Um. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So okay, so that to me was the UFC signaling. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Now we don't have to worry about really pay per view buy, especially once they got the ESPN deal. That yeah. shit's all out the window. Clicks is everything. 
Every website's clicks. Look, I have the insight over at Case I Press now where I, I see all that shit, right? I've never cared more about clicks than now. Not enough to clickbait my address still. <laughs> Super against that shit. But I'm just like, holy shit, this article got this many clicks, but this one didn't. Why? Right? And they're both very interesting topics. What's going on with that? You like look into that shit. So if your topic is trending on Twitter, you're winning. Forget the Nielsen ratings, right? Yeah. I mean, Josh, Josh, all three of us are streaming everything now. Yeah. I don't have cable. I don't have any cable in my house, right? All I have is like Netflix, Hulu, shit like that. But, you know, the, the, the fun streams that we use on Saturdays, like we have that shit. But, like, it's all about clicks and about everything. So, so clicks and views win you money. That's true for everything now, right? And, and so now you got these marketing companies and everything like that working solely off of that. I don't even know why they bother putting any else remainings out anymore. There's no reason. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, the funny thing about the NFL thing is it's hilarious is uh, when, when uh, Kaepernick started taking the knee and everything, besides the fact that we don't know all the reasons, right? Uh, he's not anti-America, none of that shit. It was an actual veteran telling him to take a knee instead of sitting down. We know all that. A, a lot of people ignore it, but whatever. One dude had to come out and say, this is like, you know, the, the ratings are going down. You know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. The ratings are going down. Also the shit. It's so bad. I'm not watching. Yeah, exactly. I'm not watching. You know, all this other shit. And all his boys started going like, yeah, we're gonna. We're not talking about the NFL shit. Whoever won the Super Bowl that year, I guarantee everyone that said they weren't going to watch it were tweeting about it and posting on Facebook about it. Yep. They're full of shit. Look, I know people personally who are like, yep, I'm not watching a single Chiefs game because Marcus Peters, who back when he was with the Chiefs, yeah, I, yeah. He, yeah we're not watching. And then the Chiefs, become the most relevant team in football the past four years, those same people are at the stadium at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium cheering loud and proud, okay? And by the way, like even with the Black Lives Matter stuff, when that was all going on, when the players spoke up, and there were two Chiefs players, Mahomes and Tyron Matthews speaking up about all of that in a big manner. It's like, yeah, you spoke out against it, but you're still watching the team too because they're the best team in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I don't it's, it's outrage, fake outrage. The, the only fan base that I have respect for for being, and I'm gonna get so much shit for this, for <laughs> being scummy and pieces of shit as a as a whole, are Patriots fans. Like, yeah, we videoed that shit. We won a Super Bowl too, bitch. What? Yeah, we had a murder on our fucking team, but we won a Super Bowl. What? Like, and I'm sitting here going, like, bitch, what? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Mind you, Michael Floyd, former uh, Cardinals, I wanna say first or second round pick out of Notre Dame, wide receiver. He fell asleep in his SUV in Scottsdale, drunk out of drunk out of his mind in this during the season. He got cut that night by the Cardinals. He woke up a Patriot, won a Super Bowl. The fuck is <laughs> nobody is so more soulless than the Patriots, but they fucking win. Mike Vick was brought in as a coaching intern. I know we're getting a little off topic here, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So Mike yeah, Vick, uh, he went over to the Steelers. There was a petition to get him out of. Uh, yeah. out of Pittsburgh. And then when he came to Kansas City as a freaking coaching intern for three weeks, people were like, oh, I'm never supporting the Chiefs ever again. And at the time, and I know a lot of information came out later on, but at the time, Chiefs fans accepted what Tyreek Hill was accused of doing in college to his girlfriend at the time. It's like, okay, come on, let's not... Yeah. I mean, like Andy Reid, like if we're really going to be outraged over Michael Vick, then we shouldn't even accept Andy Reid because he's the one who gave Vick a chance in Philadelphia. I, listen, I don't get how people's minds work with that shit, yeah. but it's like, listen, those same people who said they're never supporting the Chiefs ever again, two years later, they were hell allowed for that Super Bowl. Okay. I was crying. I was in tears like a little girl. All right. 
And, and real quick, real quick, just in case Michael Vick is watching. Hey, bro, I get it. You pay you to society. Yeah. If you want to come coach Kyler Murray, come coach Kyler Murray. <laughs> Please. But we need your help. All right, go ahead. It's, but to go back to the whole uh, topic with the whole ratings and everything, yeah, 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 yeah. listen, I got a I got a notification I think from Bleacher Report about how great the ratings were for the championship game. I didn't even I didn't even click on it. I, I don't even care anymore. Like it's cool. I did bring it up for the Thanksgiving Day game when the Raiders and the Cowboys hit. It was like the biggest regular season ratings ever. And listen, I know the Chiefs last year they were on five of the top ten most watched events on television. Like, okay, that kind of stuff is cool. But outside of that, no one really cares too damn much, do they? Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, advertising dollars goes in the online now. I mean, by the time, you know, you and you know, me, you know, far as you and me, are you're just you know, old man fucking yelling at kids to get off our lawns and shit, Josh is going to be guiding this whole thing. His generation, all those, you know, Josh and Younger are going to be pushing all this shit. Needless to me, he's, he ain't gonna, I mean, he's going to know what they are, but his kids ain't going to know what they are for shit. Oh, like, like the kids yeah. today that don't know what a VHS tape is, <laughs> their grandkids are not going to know what the fuck Nielsen ratings are. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I'll, I'll let you get the last word on this so we can move on. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. But, I mean, this is this is like going back to something you mentioned, but I can't get it out of my head. So, you, so this is way off topic. Yeah, the sure. conversation we were just having. But like you said that whenever Mike Vick went to Pittsburgh, there was a petition against him. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't want, I mean, <laughs> I just got what you said. Yeah. Just Pittsburgh. That's all. That's all I got to say. I mean, I can't, ever since you said that, I've just been staring at the wall. I'm like, who was quarterback for like yeah. 20 years, bro? I'm like, so, so listen, the dogs are off limits. Listen, I will like, say this because of the whole Tyreek Hill thing, I've always tried oh, to keep yeah. a very open mind because, yeah, the way that came out, it's like you thought you knew what happened. But then a whole lot of new shit came out and the media didn't even want to emphasize that publicly. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to keep an open mind about what did and didn't happen. Yeah. It, l- listen, people make stuff up all the time. The whole mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, people are like, oh, she shouted uh, racial slurs. at." How do you know? There's no video or audio proof of that anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. People always say shit that they, they hope it sticks and it really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot like a lot like these um, insiders, Eddie. I don't know if you have this in Arizona with your fan base, but there are so many Chiefs fans who claim that they have inside information, and uh, it's just a whole nother deal. It's, everyone that li- everyone that listens, Scott, still thinks they knew. Yeah, Larry's coming back. Larry's coming back. Oh god! And I'm sitting here going like, no, he's not. He's coming back. He told me. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh yeah, he. You know what's funny? The LeBron James one. This is the last thing I'll say, and we'll move yeah, on yeah. to uh, to the NFL free agency. But when LeBron was choosing where to go, people were claiming to know his attorney, his dentist, his doctor, uh, friends with his doctor's cousin, and um, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, real quick on that. I saw a video he's doing on YouTube, and I was gonna totally ignore it, but it was first of all, it was a very well made video, but he made complete sense. Did you realize Agent Wojnarowski? Pretty much hates LeBron James. Oh, whoa, whoa, the Wojbaum guy hates LeBron James. And I didn't believe it. And then I looked up a bunch of his articles. He takes every chance he can to shit on him. So this last time that uh, it was a James Harden, they were talking about James Harden getting traded from Brooklyn to Philly, right? Woj comes out and goes, that's not true. That's not happening. Meanwhile, Brian Waynehorse, LeBron James' buddy, uh, is talking about like, no, it's going to happen. No, there's real traction there for like a week or two. And the entire time, Woj is like, it's not happening. It's not happening. Turns out Ben Simmons is 
a clutch sports client, LeBron James' buddy's agency. And Woj was getting his information, who fucking knows who? So James Harding gets traded to, to Philly. And then Woj has egg on his face to come out and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, the, the real traction that wasn't, that wasn't happening until today. And I'm sitting there going like, damn, boy. LeBron got you. Snap. Um, I can't say insiders. Yeah, the insiders. Anyone's a journalist now. Like, like just pe- people think doing a podcast makes you a journalist. Like, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, that was funny. Remember me? People always accuse me and you of being fucking journalists. Like, wow, what a thing a journalist to say. And I think you and I have for years have been saying we're not journalists. I'm back in the journalism and technically, so now I can't say that shit. But oh, yeah. like, but uh, but it always made me fucking laugh because it's like I remember uh, I had a dude email me the other day about oh, how can I get started writing for KSI Press and I emailed him back I'm like all right well, what have you done whatever and he's like oh I haven't done anything and I go no oh. I'm like all right well I, I was like get some practice in write some stuff send me some samples or whatever and I remember telling him I took one of the other guys about it I was just like man all you need these days to be a journalist is a oh, Twitter God. account that's it oh gosh that's it that's all you need it's wild People think that if they show up to like a local protest mm-hmm. in their town and just film it with this iPhone that I'm holding in my hand right now, like that supposedly makes you a journalist. I, I just don't get me started on that. Okay. Hey, okay. <laughs> and, and we might just be like the old geezers here, right? Because back in the day, you used to have your press credentials and your press jacket and you're out there. Shit, I covered uh, Occupy Wall Street here. And you remember, I don't know, Josh, were you around for that? You remember that? I think it was seven when Occupy Wall Street. Okay, there you go. Exactly. (laughs) Occupy Wall Street. I was straight, I was fresh. uh, I was in college, in fact, still. And I went, I got, I I rented a video camera from the U of A, uh, tech, tech, uh, the tech room, drove my ass all the way up to Phoenix to cover it. Right. And that, and I had my press shit and everything. And I was like, all right, cool. Fast forward to now. Yeah, you're right. Like anyone goes out there, just films it on their phone. And it's just like, yeah, you know, journalism. And it's just like, damn, y'all forgetting the storytelling part and the fact-gathering yeah. part. You're just showing this shit. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. But the game has changed right from under our feet, dude. You and I are just, you know, fossils in this game now. Yeah, yeah. No, no you're, you're certainly right about that. That's why I really do appreciate Luke Thomas. He even yeah. – he, he does yeah. a Q&A, and he even says he does not consider himself a journalist. It's right. like – even though I kind of think he's he is because he talks to people, he tells stories, but – neither here nor there um yeah. nfl free agency man it must be a really good year to be a wide receiver in the nfl because you had Devonte adams unexpectedly get traded mm-hmm. cashed in big with a record-breaking contract shortly after that tyreek hill got traded and got a record-breaking contract stefan diggs did not get traded didn't get a record-breaking deal but damn near close to what tyreek hill and Devonte adams got uh, I think uh, his guaranteed money is a little bit more than Devonta Adams and a little bit less than Tyree kills. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's not like you can really notice a big, big difference there. Um, wide receivers are making a lot of money here, which is interesting because you look at Tyree kill and, and look, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. I think the jury still out to see, you know, how the chiefs are going to do without him, which I think they'll be fine. How's Aaron Rodgers going to do? He'll do just fine. Um, look at the Vikings. I think that's the evidence we have right now. They really were a great offense with Stefan Diggs. And now that he's over at Buffalo, that offense is very dynamic and a lot of fun to watch with Josh Allen and everyone they've got there. So wide receivers are, I don't want to say they're changing the game. They're certainly changing the, the contract game, the money game at least. But 
in, in addition to that, this has been the most unexpected offseason ever. Like Brady retires, or is he really? Oh, he came out of retirement. It, just everything going on. And, and with the, the coach, Arians, unexpectedly re- retiring just recently within the last week, um, this late in the offseason. So, so many things are really happening. A lot of unexpected moves have happened this offseason. Uh, Josh, I'll go to you first. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway with this uh, NFL offseason? Dude, the market has exploded for wide receivers. That's I remember uh, – I didn't – you know, I, I've seen a lot of, like, meme posts saying that – I believe it was Christian Kirk. Wasn't he the one who went to the Jags and got, like, an insane deal? He got he like, got number one money. He wasn't even a number two here. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. And then once everybody saw Christian Kirk get paid, they're like, yo, I'm, I'm a number one. I need to get fucking paid. Like, that's the way it went. Like, it's – it's since I've been watching football, which, granted, much – less time than you guys. I think it's from watching in 2010, 2011. Yeah. Like this is the craziest off season that I've seen just as far as like money and team player. Movie. It reminds me of the NBA. There's like every two yeah. years in the NBA superstars are going and leaving and going back and forth. The NFL, I've never seen anything like this. Like I remember talking to a friend who doesn't watch any football at all. Like he's like, Oh yeah, man, I'm, I'm team bleacher report. They're coming out with somebody new every single day. I'm like, yeah, this isn't normal, bro. Like this is not yeah. fucking normal. I mean, what, Brady retires and then unretires. Fuck Brady. You know, Bruce Arians <laughs> retires. I'm sure he'll be back in a week, you know. But then all the wide receivers, a lot of quarterback movement. Like, it's the thing that I've seen since I've been watching the sport. Thanks, Christian Kirk. Well, let me say something. Because, yeah. and I can't remember who said this. And, Eddie, you know more about this than I do. Mm. The reason the wide receiver market has changed so much is because freaking Bill O'Brien gave up on DeAndre Hopkins. And when you sent him over to Arizona, he really made a big difference there. And when DeAndre Hopkins was there, and listen, DeAndre Hopkins is great, but I think there are a couple of wide receivers, such as Adams and Hill, who can claim that they're better than him. They said, hey, he's making that much money. My client can make more money and he can do a lot more. So I think that's really what created all of this. The market resets itself constantly, right? So, um Constantly, like every year, the, the top dog. So next year, some if it isn't you know Adams, uh, Hill, Diggs, or D Hop or whatever, if some you know new name comes out and kills it, just sets records or whatever the fuck, and that guy's gonna get 110 million instead or 120 million, some ridiculous quarterback money. This is all quarterback money, by the way. <laughs> they don't pay any yeah. other position this kind of money until pretty much now. So uh, Josh is on something with the Christian Kirk thing when when. When Christian Kirk went to the Jags, I was like, oh, shit, that sucks. I really wanted to keep him. Like, he was solid as a number a two, three-ish guy, right, while we wait for Rondale Moore to step up and, and play better. And then I heard the money he was getting, and I was like, oh, God, thank God he left. Jesus, we weren't going to pay him that shit. That's a ridiculous money. So that happened. Um, but to me, the Chiefs offense, the Packers offense, and and D-Hop leaving the Texans are the two, the three biggest tells, okay? D-Hop leaves the Texans. And they're trash. They're like, yeah, Will Fuller's fine. I'm like, Will Fuller, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. okay, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. That they're trash. They have, they had, they had Deshaun Watson, still trash. Makes no sense. Um, then you got the Chiefs offense with Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey. You guys know this shit. Travis Kelsey. Uh, you had uh, who's your number two receiver? Right now, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster, but before oh, but, that, it was it was McCall Hardman. There you go, Hardman, right? Yeah. And you had a quarterback that can make plays with all, all of them. Hill leaves, and now there's questions about your offense, even though you picked up Juju and all that. Um, and Hill goes to Miami. Don't know why, but whatever. But Devontae Adams and the Packers, to me, is the biggest tell. Because every year, 
in the draft. Packers fans are like, all right, cool. This is you. We're going to take a wide receiver. And they don't. They luck into Devontae Adams, which I forgot. What, I don't remember what round they got picked, but um, they, they luck into, into Devontae Adams. And then he leaves. Now everyone's wondering what the hell is Rodgers going to do? Now, luckily, Rodgers is the kind of guy that will make a wide receiver, right? But it turns out running backs, you can't pay him much because they break. Uh, and, and receivers, you need someone to catch the ball. You need a number one, a legit number one, right? So you got to pay for it. Stephon Diggs deserved his money. Devontae Adams deserved his money. Tyreek Hill absolutely deserved his money. Christian Kirk? Yeah. The Jags mean the Jags. Duval, motherfuckers, enjoy that shit because it's not going to work. <laughs> well, let me let me say something. Uh, because And I got to give credit to my friend Charles Goldman. Uh, he's the editor of the Chiefs Wire, which is part of the um, NFL Today's uh, uh, mm. touchdown wire that I do. Josh, <laughs> do you follow uh, Charles Goldman? I do not. Okay. Uh, it's not, is that that one dude you were having beef with the other day on Twitter? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, God. That was awesome. That was so awesome. Listen, listen. You call it beef. I'd call it. I I'm, was, the, I'm the calm guy, okay? I, I was sitting back with popcorn and shit. Soda the and the, the like, guy, I don't, I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> well, here's what's funny. Okay, I'll, I'll just say this real quickly. Yeah. It, it was some guy pretending to be an insider. Um, yeah. Said some we were going to get some player from the Giants. And another report came out refuting that, and I just called it out. That's it. The guy quickly pointed to his say, accused me of making fun of people with special needs, and then said I used his photo, a screenshot, that included his profile picture. He's like, you don't have my consent. And then he threatened uh, uh, to have his lawyer contact me. His followers laughed at him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to no, like, listen. I don't sign up for social media. I don't fight with people. OK, but if something needs to be called out, I'll, I'll call it out. If you're going to pretend to be an insider and, and his followers, not even my followers were saying, dude, you were trying to be an insider and it didn't work. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. Charles, Charles is a nice guy. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a lot nicer than I am. He doesn't get, get involved in that shit. But uh, he wrote a tweet before the uh, new league year started because there were a lot of rumors that Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs have started contract negotiations for an extension. Uh, there were some rumors, nothing confirmed, but some rumors on what the figures were that they verbally were close to agreeing on. Charles wrote a tweet saying that Tyreek Hill's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, super agent, is no dummy. He's not just going to sign and agree to anything, okay? He's going to wait for free agency to start to see what the hell happens. Well, Devontae Adams happened, and unfortunately for Chiefs fans like Josh and I, it happened in, in, within our own division rival, so that screwed us. That, that Devontae Adams trade was the worst thing to happen to the Chiefs in the biggest way possible. Um, call it greed, call it whatever you want, but these, Hey, listen, these players, they're more than welcome. They have the right to uh, demand as much as they want. And, uh, Miami was willing to be that team to, to offer all of that. So, uh, good on Tyree. I mean, I'm not holding it against him, but my point is, uh, Drew Rosenhaus thought very clearly. He said, cause if Drew Rosenhaus gave Tyree kill that deal, the Packers probably could have kept Devonte Adams to a similar deal. Uh, but no, Drew said, hey, we're going to wait for someone else to, to get signed first, and then we're going to make a move. And, yeah, hey, that's why you got to have a good agent in this league or in any sports, honestly, because um, if you don't, they give you a bad deal. Like the, the, the Mahomes-Mahomes deal, I know it's the biggest contract in the history of sports, hmm. but it's like, now look, Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played in more than a year, just signed for more guaranteed money. Aaron oh. Rodgers has got a bigger deal, so it's like I'm not. I'm not saying Lee Steinberg is a bad agent. He, he's 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 got he's. Uh, I mean, he's done so much over the years, but 
you kind of look at Mahomes' contract now. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But at some point in like five years, you're going to look at that and say he's underpaid. So it's important you have an agent that does all of these things at the right time. And it's also important that your favorite team has a general manager and finds a way to strike when it matters. Listen, the Chiefs had John Dorsey as their previous general manager. Mm -hmm. He waited way too long to sign Justin Houston and Eric Berry. He gave those two massive contracts when he could have paid them sooner. But he waited on Justin Houston. Guess what? Justin Houston got 22 sacks in one season. You are screwed financially because you have to now pay that guy a lot of money. Eric Berry had a remarkable Eric Berry. I don't know if you guys remember this. He uh, the the Falcons scored a touchdown to take the lead and were leading by one. They wanted to go for two to lead by a field goal. Eric Berry gets a pick, not a pick six, but a pick two, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Chiefs retake the lead. Like he changed uh, that game single handedly late in the game. So. It's important that you have a general manager that knows what the hell they're doing and an agent that knows what the hell they're doing. Two completely different sites here, but th- that really can be the difference maker. Dude, I, I hope I wish John Dorsey would call Steve Kine with the Cardinals and say, hey, dumbass, way to fucking wait to sign Kyler Murray an extension. Stupid. <laughs> you waited till three quarterbacks got paid stupid money. Now, this little guy wants to get paid a lot more money. All right. Eh, fuckers. Anyway, but uh, well, well, let me can I say something yeah, yeah. like Josh Allen? Look how valuable he is. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. Buffalo was that franchise, that snake bitten franchise that's lost four consecutive Super Bowls. Look at Mac Jones. This is a guy who is essentially replacing Tom Brady. And I know they had a really horrible showing in the playoffs but against their division it. rival, but he's they still made it to the playoffs in their first year after a really slow start. Like these quarterbacks are valuable to these franchises in their own way. Like they're going to mm-hmm. find ways to demand a lot of money and possibly mm-hmm. break the records. But I just wanted to add that out there. Yeah. So, but go just, ahead. What just wait till Justin Herbert gets those charges into like the Super Bowl. Oh man. Oh, well, that guy is gonna break every record. Joe Burrow. Oh god, Joe Burrow. Oh, Certainly yeah. Joe he's, Burrow. He's gonna get paid, dude. By the way, he deserves it. That motherfucker. Yeah. I've ne- look, you know, I, I and I said it all the time. I'm not a fan of any other team other than my teams, right? Arizona Cardinals, Phoenix Suns, Arizona, you know, Walkers, all that. But man, I'm a Joe Burrow fan. That is the smoothest motherfucker ever. So much fun to watch. I enjoy watching him more than almost more than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray gives me a heart attack every time because he Kyler Murray <laughs> when he takes out when he runs out of the pocket is like a toddler, and you're asking him what's in his mouth, and he takes off fucking running. That's what he looks like, right? So. <laughs> Joe Burrow is so damn smooth with it. He gets hit. His face don't even change. Like, all right, cool. Give me the ball. Let's play again. Like, whatever. Like, fuck. That guy deserves his money. But no, nah, dude, the, the, the Drew Rosa house, just go back to the agent thing. That guy is a veteran of the game. He's been around for so long. He knows oh, yeah. exactly what he's doing. And of course, he told his guys, no, just keep waiting. Just keep waiting. Keep waiting. Boom. Strike, strike gold. It worked out. Yeah. Josh, what do you think about all that? Is there anything you wanted to add? No, the only thing I got to add is you keep on talking. Man, you talk about Joe Burrow. I have, like, Joe Burrow PTSD, man. Like, I got – not even not even, not even just because of the Chiefs. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. like – like, I'm an Oklahoma fan. Like, I live in Kansas, mm, but I'm, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a relocator. Yeah, that's right. You know? And I remember, like, I, I took it – I got off, like, work. I was, like, a server, and I was, like, all right, I'm taking a nap before the Oklahoma game. I should wait. I slept in a little bit too late, and I woke up, and I was, like, oh, shit. It should only be, like, halftime. I pull up the score. It was 49 to 14. Joe Burrow oh, put up like seven tutties in the first in the first half alone. Flash forward some time, and then I have to watch him beat the Chiefs not once in the regular season, and they took seventeen minutes for three minutes to end the game somehow in the same month. Yeah, in yeah. the and then 
I'm I'm already like thinking about like, oh man, what Super Bowl jersey am I gonna wear? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna get I'm gonna, like I'm gonna get some nice stuff. You know, I'm gonna go out and get a shirt. You know, and then he beats us. I got I got I can't look at Joe. I look at Joe Burrow the same way that I look at Tom Brady. Now. I'm just like you son of a bitch. When like, I hate okay. you, but I respect you. You know what I mean? My family, my family and I, we watched that AFC Championship game when the Chiefs were at the five yard line. Yeah, they kept showing Joe Burrow every other snap. That dude had the look on his face like. He just he just got like the worst news in the world. He like he 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 he's like yeah we're fucked like we're not winning this game. And after the game, I did my live stream and all that good stuff. And we we just watched that last a sequence of regulation, and it's like Joe Burrow is ready to shake hands with Mahomes and get the fuck out of the stadium. Yeah. Like I, that yeah that was just bad. That was Ooh, bad. That that. <laughs> Yeah, no, dude. The, Joe Burrow is a fucking. He's the next guy. He's yeah. the next big yeah. time guy. You know, and let me say like, something. There are a lot of young, really good up and coming quarterback. Like yeah. the quarterback competition. Like I know it was Manning, Breeze, and uh, Brady for a while, but we're gonna have like Mahomes, Watson, Burrow, Allen, Jones. If he can do a Herbert. couple things to improve, Herbert. Herbert, yeah, like, dude, and these are all AFC guys too. Don't get me wrong, like, you've got Kyler Murray who's doing some things, but man, you got a lot of young guys right now, up and coming stars. Bro, I was so mad that Justin Herbert didn't come out the year he should have come out because the Cardinals had would have had a shot at him. Oh, and yeah, I've been watching him at Oregon, and I was like, do we get this cat and just get not even a good O line, just a decent O line? He's gonna murder. And then he waited. He stayed one more year. Went to the fucking Chargers at what number 10? He was like the third quarterback off the board or some shit. Fuck everything, bro. What are you doing? But um, <laughs> I'm just salty. I don't know. I, I, I guess this, I get emotional about the Cardinals. It's fucking depressing, dude. If I die without us winning the Super Bowl, I'm coming back to hunt whoever the fuck owns the team. I'm going to fuck. Listen, as a Chiefs fan, we, I mean, the Chiefs have had a weird history where they found first-round quality players outside of the first round. Like, For real? I, oh, yeah. So many. I, and then they've also missed. They've had, like, the top five pick, like, three years in a row. Josh, I don't know if you remember from, like, 09 to – 08 to 2010, the Chiefs had the top five pick for three years in a row, and they only scored on one of them. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, you never know. Sometimes you got to have a great scouting department for that shit. It's it's not easy, but um, you got to figure out one way or another. Um, UFC 273 is this weekend. Okay, before we talk about that, we, we mm-hmm. mentioned Masvidal and Covington earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about the whole uh, fight at the restaurant or whatever the hell it was. Um I have an opinion on this, and I want to hear from you guys. Legally, yeah, Masvidal's in the wrong. But you know what, man? This whole thing with Covington, because he's talked about family members of other people. He made jokes about Matt Hughes's accident. He mentioned Greg Robinson's death uh, in, in ways that they don't need to be mentioned, okay? Um, I remember Kamara Usman and Ali Abdulaziz, who was Kamara Usman's manager, they almost got into it with uh, Covington mm-hmm. in line at some uh, Las Vegas buffet. Yep. I know uh, there was a whole boomerang incident where it was Fabrice Verdum <laughs> in uh, Brazil who went after yeah. Covington. And now you just had something again with Masvidal. Listen, I'm not saying what Masvidal did was right, especially with the mask and the hoodie and all that stuff. But you know what, man? I'm not going to sit here and, and play victim for Colby Covington because you're talking – I mean, you're, you're you're talking a pretty big game, and you think no one's gonna. You think you're just gonna walk away, you know, free with no consequences. You're gonna piss off the wrong person eventually, and they're gonna do something about it. And he's mm-hmm. crying about his Rolex watch and his his tooth. I don't know what happened with this tooth, but look, 
I'm not saying I'm glad it happened, but something had to be done to prove a point. And and look, I know Dana White was not uh, present for the press conference today. He was traveling today. I really hope Dana White's doing a post-fight press conference because that better be the first question that John Morgan, because we know John Morgan gets the microphone first. That better be the first question I hear because this is getting out of hand. We saw what happened with Connor and Habib. Mm-hmm. And let me say one other thing too. Listen, both Colby and I, I don't want to make this political. So bear with me here. They're both conservatives and conservatives in general strongly believe in firearms and, and more specifically the right to carry, to defend yourself, which is, I, that's, that's fine. People can have that opinion. I'm not here to debate that. My point is, I'm going to guess Colby hangs out with people who agree with him politically. And if he's hanging out with a crowd that is caring to defend, dude, Masvidal could have seriously, that could have ended a lot worse. Okay. I'm glad it didn't. But the the UFC's got to do something. I know Dana White is all, hey, I'm Mr. First Amendment reinventor here and all that good shit. But even he has spoke up publicly on multiple occasions saying he does not at all like the idea of people bringing up families. He's okay with people saying mean shit. They listen, mm-hmm. they're fighters. They talk shit, but something's got to be done about this. Cause it, it's going to get to a point where something really bad is going to happen. If people don't keep it just within the two fighters, mm-hmm. um, Josh, you go first on this. You know the Colby the Colby Moswell thing is like interesting, man. Because like here's I I, I talked about some my own on my own podcast. I was like talking with my, my co-host Angel Ortega, my man, you know, and I was like, so let's just say you're talking to someone who doesn't know about MMA, right? And I think Luke Thomas also made this point. He's like, so whenever you're telling this story, how are you gonna how are you gonna tell this story? Why did this happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Why did this man get attacked? It's like Colby has made fun. He brought up his kids. I don't know what he's, I don't remember the exact reference he made to his kids. He talked about his previous marriages. He talked about, a lot he, of he, he's saying, he's saying Masvidal was a deadbeat dad and his kids deserve better. That kind of thing. Yeah. So that's just, that's not even close to the worst thing Colby said. You brought up um, Greg Robinson's death, I believe is his name, the former ATT coach. And yeah. it's also like, you brought up three incidents. There's another one. He, 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 it's actually a funny one. This one's way more funny. He, you guys, there was like, like a, there was a, an MMA show back in like 2018. And, uh, Colby got into a little fight. You guys know Crazy Horse, Charles Bennett. That's he's yeah. gotten into four altercations outside the cage. Four of them. It's like at a certain point, should Moswell have done it? Like, absolutely not. From the from the legal perspective, yeah, he's he's probably gonna, you know, I probably will nothing will happen to him, but he did get arrested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's like, man, I, I can't I can't feel bad for Colby. It's just impossible for me to do so. It's like one of those things, man. It's just whenever you, somebody you talk to somebody about it, it's like why did this happen it's like oh yeah man like yeah he just, just ran up on him for no reason like no there was there's a pattern of behavior that this is going to lead to and dame always talks about how he doesn't want to regulate free speech and, and you know that whole thing but like at a certain point it's gonna boil over we leave saw that point with connor habib we're seeing yeah. it now i remember like there was a point on the contender series like just a couple of months ago, they mostly flew under the radar. There was like a guy who was fighting an Afghanistan guy. Oh yeah. Oh place. yeah. Yeah. And the Dana was like, and then he didn't do anything. And then whenever the Afghanistan guy, the Afghani guy won, he was like, Oh yeah, see, this is why I don't do anything. I'm like, what happened if you lost? Like, you're just gonna, yeah. you're just gonna be cool with it, bro. Like, I, I, I don't know. You, you, Eddie, you go. Cause maybe somebody, it's like every single person I've talked to that has like a different perspective on this. You, you go ahead. Maybe I'm wrong. So my first point I was going to bring in was Dana White hates it because he remembers Habib going straight out eagle on fucking uh, Dylan Dennis' dumbass. Yes. Uh, yeah. That shit, shit. That was right. When me look, man, Connor spent the entire like buildup 
talking about Habib's wife's a towel and a bunch of this shit. Like, dude, I remember his he said father, that. And I was like, his country, his dude, religion. When he yeah. was going that that hard on him, I'm like, man, he better be happy. He better hope that it's Mark Goddard or Herb Dean or somebody strong enough to at least attempt to break the grip on your fucking neck, bro. He's gonna kill you. Like you're going to die in that cage there, Connor. Uh, you know, it didn't happen, but he tried to he tried to rip his head off. He had to tap to that fucking uh uh to that neck crank. That shit hurt. But um, then he go flies over. That's when Dana White was like, okay, I, let's not get personal anymore. Fast forward to this. I am super biased, and not because I'm a Masvidal fan, because I'm really not. I enjoy watching him fight. He's great. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not a Kobe fan by a stretch of any stretch of imagination. I love watching him get his ass whooped. That's just fun for me. But um, I grew up like Jorge. I, you know, like rough street type of shit. Like, and the one thing you never did to me or any of my friends, you ever never ever talk about our families. Like, we were gonna come find you, right? Um, of course, out of all of my friends, I'm the only one that went to college and you know realized like, oh, I can go to prison for that shit. No, I'm not doing that no more. So, you know, shit like that. So I legally, yeah, Masvidal's gonna pay for it. And he's really not. The other day he yeah. he handed the BMF belt to what's his fucking face, uh, the governor of Florida. DeSantis. Uh, yeah, that guy. He handed well, him the, the BMF. Oh, I didn't yeah, yeah, know yeah. that. Oh, the sec I saw the photo, big old grin of Masvidal <laughs> wearing a freaking turtleneck and his hair down and shit. I did you know, not uh, know that. DeSantis cheesy ass fucking smile with the BMF belt. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, the, and everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, Masvidal supports him and everything. I'm like, nah, Masvidal getting those charges dropped. That's what that, that's what that is. I he know. Um, I thought it was funny how they were like talking shit in the press conference and they're both like, Donald Trump doesn't care about you. No, he doesn't care about you. I'm like, oh my God, these two are fighting it's for Donald Trump's allegiance. For real. Right now. Like, um, and he, yeah, so go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say something like, yeah. do you guys watch any reality TV like Survivor or The Challenge? Not in a long time. Okay, so I'm a huge Survivor fan. That's been a show that's been around for a long time, like 22, 23 years. I remember early on, in Survivor, and if anyone is like a newer Survivor fan, this is going to shock them. What what was considered a villain back in 2000, 2005 is not the same thing today. No. You know, I remember um, there was a woman named, oh gosh, I cannot think of her name right now. She's played three times. But um, there was another contestant named Colby, and he was like this really really nice guy from texas who loves his state and loves america and you know really nice looking guy that a lot of women find attractive and this woman jerry manthe that's who it was jerry manthe just had a crush on him and colby was like no i'm not interested in you and because of that jerry was labeled a villain it's like really <laughs> that that's that's a villain and like today a villain is someone on, on reality tv is Someone who says racist shit in front of the cameras or is bullying somebody. Like, I remember uh, someone got voted off Survivor uh, the year Danny Boatwright won from Kansas City, who's been on this podcast before. And he turned around, and as soon as he got voted off, he goes, I hope you all get bit by a crocodile tonight. Like, <laughs> like awesome. that was a villain in reality <laughs> TV awesome. 15, 20 years ago. Like, today, now it's like these vile comments like someone will make about somebody. Because um, there are a lot of, like... The things that people say on these TV shows are far worse than it is. My, I, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here. Like, my point is certain things get said, and CBS now is trying really hard to negate all of that by basically, like, um, what's the phrase they use? Um, 
they're they're reading them the oh god i can't think of the phrase right now there's a there's a special phrase for that um they're, they're basically like reading the book to them like mm-hmm. saying listen don't do this shit okay um i don't know i know dana white is very first mm-hmm. amendment i get that but the first amendment doesn't protect you from having to deal with pissed off people from saying really like let's be honest it's out of bounds okay so that's what i struggle with here um, I'm all for the first amendment and free speech, all that stuff. Okay. I know there's a big battle about that in our society today, but there's certain shit you do not say you just don't. Can we agree on that? People like, come on, you don't talk about people's family and expect that no one's going to want to do something about it. That's what, what I struggle with. I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not supporting Matt all. God damn, man, mm-hmm. I'm not blaming him either. I don't have kids. Josh, I know you don't. Eddie, you can probably relate to this more than any of us here. Um, I just don't. Like, like if I say something about Eddie's family, Eddie's kids, like, Eddie's going to want to kick my ass. Now no, we're cool. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a nice guy. I, I don't bring up that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I mean, Eddie, you would have that same instinct, wouldn't you? Yeah. There's a protective instinct with your family. There's just certain things, a certain line you don't cross, right? And again, this might be an old school thing. I'm wondering, I'm really curious about how that's going to go on moving forward, especially, especially going after Kobe coming to the thing. Uh, um, and, uh, and especially going after Will Smith thing, right? Will Smith slapping the shit at Chris. Oh, Rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like that. It's, it's similar, similar, uh, not completely similar. You know, it's in the same, same realm in a way. Right. So that's what it is. Like, again, the, the Maserati thing, like, look, I saw, I laughed. I'm like, Kobe had it coming. So, and then, you know, Chris, what's Smith like Chris Rock and all that? He, I don't know if he had it coming. It, it, and I briefly looked at the, at the details and shit, so just bear with me. You know, he slaps him because apparently, you know, uh, his wife has, you know, forget all the crazy red table shit, all right, for a second. But, you know, she has alopecia. It's a medical thing, whatever. He makes a joke about G.I. Jane joke. He, Will Smith goes up and slaps him. Turns out Will Smith, according to Shaq, in fact, Shaq's the one that said this shit. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, for anyone that doesn't know, um, for the young guys. Um, he said that, that he he had heard that Will Smith had told Chris Rock because Chris Rock's been saying Jada jokes forever. But like mm-hmm. back when Jada and Will Smith, uh, apparently they they boycotted the the Oscars like a while ago. He was like Chris Rock made the joke like like Jada Smith boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. Like <laughs> true, right? So when it comes to to this those two situations, the Masvidal one, and the Chris Rock one, I say the same exact thing, and it actually comes from a Chris Rock bit. Uh, Chris Rock had a bit about O.J. Simpson killing uh, Nicole. What's her last name? You remember? Uh, you remember I, I know who right? you're talking was about. His wife or Brown, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nicole Brown, yeah, yeah. About killing her. He goes, "Hey, Chris Rock says, hey, I'm not saying he should have killed her, but I understand, right? So I'm not saying those two fellas should have slapped the other two guys, but I understand." Yeah, that's what I. That's what I struggled so much with. Um, Josh, uh, any last words you want to add on here? Not really. I mean, I think the, I think those two situations are a little bit different, like the like the Will Smith. But at the same time, I also don't know really any details. I just know that like he made the joke, and it seems like Chris Rock either didn't know or didn't care about the uh, <laughs> thing. Yeah. You know, you don't expect someone to walk up on on live TV and smack you. So I mean, that's probably he probably felt real comfortable. And then uh, you know, I understand. I guess something to go and right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. The, the idea that I got after I saw the Will Smith thing was like, man, it'd be awesome if Twitter like. You know, they have Twitter blue or whatever, and it's like they give you like a couple. You have like a few extra seconds to edit your tweet, and you can customize this and that. I'm like, look, man, I'm not paying for that shit. However, if Twitter blue includes like a tase option, so like 
I will pay 50 bucks to taste someone to talk shit on Twitter for fun. I will. Like, their phone will shock the shit out of them. That would be amazing. Like, oh, Elon, man. Elon, get on that shit, bro. I know you just bought a big old chunk of Twitter. All right? Uh, I want a taser. Like, someone talks shit and be like, all right, bitch, check this out. Boom, 50 bucks. But you get to shock the shit out of somebody. Would be awesome. Oh, boy. Uh, that's that's an invention in the making there. Uh, how are you guys on time, by the way? You guys got 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. I want to go over this UFC card and then talk about the radio host who got fired. Um, okay, UFC 273. That is this weekend. That is a really good card from the prelims, like the early prelims all the way mm-hmm. down. Uh, we got a lot of good fights there. There are a couple. Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie and Gilbert Burns versus Hazmat. Uh, I mean, th- those are two big fights. Hazmat's a really, really interesting guy, and I think this is going to be his big coming out party. Volkanovski, I just think he's too good right now, and I Korean Zombie's great, and I'm glad he's finally getting that opportunity. I just think Volk is going to be too much. Here's my biggest question going into this weekend. The co-main event is the one I'm intrigued by the most because I'm a huge fan of Aljamain Sterling, and I really love his uh, rise to where he is right now, uh, to uh, being the top contender, well, right now technically champion. Um, Let me just say this. And, Josh, I I know you were laughing about this because of the way he went from fan favorite to a zero. I still like him, but I always, I always say, anybody, anybody's time somebody says he's not the champion, I'm like, whoa, 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 Cheater Yon did it. He's champ. Cheater, right, it's all good. It's all good, dude. Like, no, go ahead, go ahead. Listen, I was really excited for that first fight. Dude, whatever the hell Aljamain Sterling's plan is, and he's very confident coming into this fight. Did you guys see the press conference? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he was he was talking. Like, he's even saying, hey, bet your all your money, all this stuff on it. Whatever the hell the game plan is this Saturday, it better be something completely different. Or if you're going to implement the same game plan, you better find a way to execute it because Jan just completely controlled. And I don't have the scorecards in front of me, and I don't really recall what they were. I'd be willing to bet that there was a 10-8 round somewhere in there before they gave the belt to Aljo because there was nothing going Aljo's way in that one. Um, Eddie... Where do you think this fight's going to go for Aljo? Man, he better have, I don't know, maybe he prayed to somebody because shit, I don't know where the fuck he's going to come up with the game plan with this. But the hope, the best hope for Aljo is that first round, the first, the only fight, that first round where he looked really good. Or he looked solid, right? Yeah, because uh, yeah, you're right. After that, it was just like, where did Aljo go? Peter, Piotr Jan's just a, ma- a maniac. Um, and then, you know, I, guess, I don't know. I, I hate to call it luck. Piotr might just Peter just fucked up and then you know shot in league on the end. That's where I have the issue with Yon fans, you know, saying that I'll just a fake champ. No, he's not. <laughs> Your boy fucked up. But yeah. the thing about this fight is 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 you're right. Like, did it is now that Aljo got more tape, I guess more tape uh, off the Sanhagen fight between Yon and Sanhagen and everything. Does he does he have a better game plan? Now he's been in there. Does he, you know, does he have something? Um, I don't I don't see it. I, I can't think of anything, honestly. Like, unless you take it to the ground and make it a scramble game, I mean, I'll just really good at grabbing necks and taking backs. It's really, 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 really good at it, right? But standing-wise, fuck, dude. I don't know how I'll just going to get into the ground, for real. I, I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's a weird fight for me, and and uh, I, I hate to say, I, I'm not, again, I'm not a huge fan of, like, outside of Nick and Nate and, and a handful of the fighters, so I'm not, like, attached to this one. But I always enjoy watching Aljo fight, like in the actual fight, not the outside cage shit. His fight is fighting's always fun, mm-hmm. uh, but I just don't see how how he beats Piotr, man. That's just I don't know. It's one of those where I'm gonna be sitting back, going, "Okay, let's see what happens." 
This you know what this kind of reminds me of. I don't know if you guys watch boxing at all, but the thing about my cat just jumped up on the desk. So yeah, you, you, got cat, a, you got a special guest just, there, bro. Your cat, your cat snuck behind you on the cabinets in the uh, back. No, I, I know. Saw that. I, I, the I, have, I have two cats, and one of oh, them, yeah. like, one of them's really fat. So I saw, I saw it going behind yeah, the other yeah. one's like the more skinny one. That um, shit was funny as hell. I know. I, I was like, I, was like, I don't want to go do something. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. just chilling back. There, it's but, not a big deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like this kind of reminds me of like in boxing. Uh, Deontay Wilder fought Tyson Fury the third time. And, you know, he made a whole bunch of excuses and, you know, he put on like 25 pounds of muscle. Aldro this time is coming in. I don't know if he's heavier, but he's fucking shredded. He looks like he's put on a lot of muscle mass, man. And I'm assuming that's for like the clinch and to try and get him down. Cause last time I think he went one for 16 whenever actually shooting for takedowns. But at the same time, like I'll, I'll admit it. I'm an Aldro guy. You know what, man? I picked him to win that first fight. I've watched him kind of similar to you guys. Like I've watched all of his fights and uh, he's so entertaining. He seems like a cool dude outside of the cage. I think he just kind of fell into yeah. like a shitty situation because he got fucking clocked by that knee. Like that's not even, you know, anyways, as far as rematch goes, I, it's going to be really tough, man. I mean, I don't, I feel like that first fight, he kind of had to get the, the leg up in certain attributes in terms of like, he's very awkward as a striker. You know, he's very, very strong in the normally very strong in the clinch. Good at grabbing the next one and so forth. I feel like it's going to work on the inverse, man. Like, normally, Peter Don's a guy, like, he's kind of like Floyd Mayweather. He, like, downloads the info as the fight goes on. And by round five, he's kicking your ass. Yeah. This time, and, like, those first two rounds, even round two, like, round one, Aljo looked pretty good. Round two, he started falling off as time was going on, but he even looked a little bit solid. I think Peter is just going to go from the jump, man. I think he knows what Aljo's going to do, and I don't know what he's going to be able to change. I understand he took a, take a year off. He had, like, neck surgery. He looks in much better shape. I don't think it's going to matter, man. Like, I really don't. It's going to be a rough night for him, personally. It looks like honestly with, with uh I think Ajo trying to get Piotr to get like get all crazy. Like he was he was yelling shit to him in Russian today, like trying yeah. to offend him and shit. Oh but yeah, Ajo, what was he saying? I don't, know. I don't know. Oh, we don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm sure someone translated it. I have to look up on Twitter, but uh but yeah, he was saying some shit in Russian and I'm like, oh god, this is cringe. You just just go yeah. full Henry so who do you gotta do cringe? Don't half ass like you did today, fuckface. But I think <laughs> for real, I think <laughs> I think, I don't know, man. I think I was just trying to get him emotional to get him to do something stupid. Like, you know, maybe go to the ground with him or something. Like, I'm trying to get him emotional yeah. to get him to fight dumb. Piotr doesn't do that. Piotr, Piotr like like Josh was saying, as the fight goes on, not only does he, does he get stronger, he gets faster because he's figured your movement out. So instead of waiting for you to go and then countering, he's already countering as your strike is coming back. Like, he's so much quicker. So, like I said, I don't know how I was just going to do it. But he better hope to God that like Piotr comes out crazy, he lands a flying knee or something, and drops him, takes his back because it's uh, it's gonna be a rough fight. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge fan. I hope he wins. And I will say this: <laughs> everyone else at cage side fucking picked the yawn, and me being you know the fucking uh, uh and whatever antagonist. I, I don't know what the, the outcast. <laughs> the outcast. I start shit for fun, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm picking Sterling. I fucking said it. <laughs> so, goddamn it, Sterling. Prove me wrong, motherfucker. Um, you better, I better, you better win, dude. The uh, the two uh, female fights, uh, one on the mid prelim card and the uh, main card, yeah. uh, Mackenzie Dern, Tisha Torres. That's gonna be a good one. There's there's Aspen, three female fights. Yeah, Aspen. Yeah, there's one of the early prelims. No, no, no. I'm not what I'm talking about Aspen Ladd versus the scale. Ra- Raquel Pennington. <laughs> no, Aspen Ladd's gonna make weight, bro. Oh, okay. No, I missed that. that I missed that. I missed that. I'm saying that because she one. got mad at me. She blocked me on fucking Twitter. Right? Aspen Ladd did? It. Yeah, for saying 
I said, I honestly, like she she put up uh, she put up a bunch of excuses that oh well this happened and this happened and I'm like and now you know like someone else in the card missed weight but they the the, the commission let them fight but I missed weight they're not gonna let me fight for one pound and I'm like it's not about the and I literally said it was super nice I was like it's not about the pound oh, I remember it's this. how you looked right like she came in at what one thirty seven. And that for that fight? Yeah, like 137, 137 and a half. And she was like shaking on, like the she couldn't scale. stay there. Oh, I do remember Yeah, she this. couldn't stand. You heard, you heard the scale go. Like, yes, I, I do like, recall this. I, I was like, don't even read the weight, bro. Get her off that scale and hydrate it. She's going to fucking die. This is bad. I, I don't even know how you let someone even get on that stage when they're yeah. shaking so, like that. So she fucking, so, and, I, and it wasn't even like a tweet at her. I just retweeted it. For some reason, she saw it, or her management saw it, or her fucking husband. Now, yeah, that, the whole situation is creepy. But you know, all that <laughs> shit saw it, and she blocked me. I'm like, okay. Hmm. It, it, it's one of those things, right? Like, if you get yelled at before you actually do something wrong, like you say, "Fucking, I'm gonna earn it. I'm earning it." So beat the scale first, Aspen, and then you can fight Rocky. Till then, I want to hear. It. Uh, you know, there was a fight on the prelims that I'm really curious about. I don't think it's, I mean, it's, it's not one anyone's talking about, but it's mm-hmm. Mickey Gall versus Mike Malat Mallet. There's not sure. Yeah, Look, there, there, yeah, I think it's, I think you're, I think it's Mal. I'm not sure, but there's a lot of uh, hype behind Mallet. I think Mickey Gall might be getting set up here. So here's my thing. Um, I know Mickey Gall. I mean, he got, he, he, he got lucky. All right. Cause you, you gotta be at the right place at the right time. He called, he made, he got Dana White's attention said, Hey, I want to fight CM Punk. Bro, I would have beat CM Punk. And oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I uh, listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, I, I really like watching jujitsu fighters, and Mickey Gall has done a great job displaying his jujitsu. And I know he was 4 0 and he didn't fight for a long time and he kind of rode the whole undefeated. He commanded uh, a Fox card, which is, which is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's been one of the inconsistent fighters. And, and listen, I don't know how much that CM Punk fight maybe gave false hope. A lot of people thought that maybe it was not the case because his jujitsu is really good. It's no joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was a brown belt at the time. I think he's a black belt now. And he beat um, who was the guy he beat in the co-main for the Fox card? He's Northcutt. now over at one championship. Sage. Sage, Sage Northcutt. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, and that was he was a solid name at the time. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I like Mickey Gall. I think he's he seems like a nice guy. I listened to his interviews. He seems like a really uh, good dude and all. And I like his jujitsu, uh, but man, he just has not been consistent since that four and start in his career. Um, do you guys have an opinion on Mickey Gall? There's only so many Mike Jackson, CM Punk's this guy can fight. You guys remember he fought Mike Jackson first, and Josh yeah. knows who Mike Jackson is. Like you know who Mike Jackson is. Like <laughs> it's like like you know like, like fighters are always talking about like well you do a weight cutter, you do a training camp. Mike does it. I do fights. So and he's you know he's a journalist. He's media anyway. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, when Mickey Gall fought him and beat the shit out of him, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. He beat the shit out of CM Punk. All right, cool. Can we fight somebody? Like an actual fighter? Because it's not going to work. In comes in Randy Brown. Now, that did go decision, but Randy Brown put it on a little bit. Yeah. Then he beats yeah. uh, Sullivan. I forgot the first name. Which, whatever. He beat, I think he choked him out. But then he fights Diego Sanchez, and he gets TKO'd. That's when I knew, oh, we've been sold a, 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 a bill of goods that is no good. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying he's trash, but he's not what we were told he was. Yeah, man. Mickey Gall is a guy that, uh, you know, I, I, I was really, really, I, I was kind of into MMA. I mean, I was not really into MMA at the point, but like I was a big pro wrestling guy. I love CM Punk. So I was like really into that UFC 2 or 3 fight. So I was like I yeah. was looking up shit in a, into uh, Mickey Gall. And dude, like I've never seen like maybe since Patty Pimblett's come around, uh, like like for 
hype versus skill level is so inflated in one direction. Mickey, dude, like, I don't know if you guys remember, he came in, he beat Mike Jackson, he called out CM Punk, got the fight. He goes, he uh, calls out Sage after he beats Punk. Um, he beats Sage. And then he calls oh, out, man. I think it was like somebody, I think it was fucking Dan Hardy or something. Yeah, like, he did I, try like, to he, call out Dan Hardy. Yeah, and then Dan just like sitting, he's like, I don't want to fucking, what? Like, why would I want to, like, why would I care? Like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this kid's not going to have a good time, man. Like, like it's, you just completely botched the one thing you had going for you. Like, I've always liked Mickey, man, but at a certain point, like, I remember he came in so young and i was somebody who was really hot because he was like 23 24 that punk fight was like six fucking years ago five six seven years ago like 16 yeah he's like a grown he's 30 years old and he's still fighting guys that like are at the bottom tier yeah he's not going to get any better i mean i don't i know uh mike malott or now that i feel bad for i know his name but i know he fought like a tender series i believe and from what i've heard he's the real deal so it kind of feels like they're setting him up yeah, I, I'm pulling for Mickey because I, I thought he had a really cool, you know, start in his career and all. But, you know, I, I, I just feel like, you know, the whole CM Punk thing just maybe is maybe provided some false hope for those who became attached to Mickey like I did. Uh, Eddie, did you want to add anything else there? Uh, the thing about Mickey, Gall, for me, the thing about Mickey Gall is, is just like, I don't think he knows who he is yet. Right, like he came in brown belt and jiu-jitsu, shit, beat the shit out of Punk. I'm right, so I was like, isn't CM Punk still a white belt under, I don't even know who? Out in Chicago, uh, Henner, Henner Gracie. He's a Henner Gracie. He, he says yeah. he's a white belt for life. Okay, but yeah, I'd say that. I, I say that. You know why? Hey, I'm a four strike blue belt, and I say that shit all the time because I suck. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I can get my ass whooped all the time in open mat. So, uh, you know, whatever. But um, no, but Mickey, I, I knew Mickey Gall was legit coming in, but I also thought, I'm like, yeah, he's not a UFC guy. He's definitely one of those like go to PFL where he was fighting back then. You know, figure your shit out and then come up to the big show. But, you know, if someone's going to offer you a bag of cash to fight CM Punk and Mike Jackson, wouldn't you take it? I would. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. Um, look, I think it's going to be a really good card uh, Saturday night. Real quickly, the co-main events, uh, the co-main event and the main event. I'm going to go Volkanovski, and I really want to say Sterling, but I just can't. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going Jan. Uh, Joshua, your two picks. I'm going to go Volkanovski and Jan. I mean, I love the opposite guy. I mean, I like Volkanovski too, but man, I've been a Korean zombie guy for a long time, but it's just a rough matchup. I believe he still has like a shoulder injury that he's supposed to get like surgery for, but then he took this fight on short notice. Cause you know, you can't pass the title fight. It's going to be rough for him. And then Sterling Yan, it's like, we already talked. It's, it's going to be rough for him probably. So I had to pull up my, uh, my picks up from, uh, from the cage side chat because uh, last time I did this, I think I forgot who I picked and I picked the opposite and someone called me out. So now I got to be my shit. <laughs> Here's my picks for the main card. Just I just throw them out there, yeah. <laughs> and and you'll get the you'll get the fucking pattern here real quick. Korean Zombie, Aljamain Sterling, Gilbert Burns, Mackenzie Dern, and Vince uh, Pichelle. How you say his last name? I picked the guys nobody else picked except for Dern. Everyone else picked Dern in the, in the chat, but yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, too fucking. I uh, I, yeah, I, I I went completely. I, I I'm a contrarian, dude. It, if everyone's going to the right, I'm probably going to go left. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I'm, I'm going this way. You guys have a good one. But, um, yeah, no, but seriously, in all seriousness, um, Volkanovski is on a roll. What is it, like a 20-some fight win streak, some crazy shit? And he's, he is super focused, comes in there. I think the difference is, to me, is we've seen Korean Zombie. I don't know how, how, how recently he fought, but and there's plenty of tape on him. But we don't really know what he's looked like recently, I don't think. 
And he's got, you know, he's got the vet to the long tooth, the veteran, you know, the veteran savvy, probably a little more than Volkanovski does. So I think Korean Zombie could fuck around, you know, and and, and shock the hell out of everybody. Uh, Al Jermaine, he just needs to come through for me. That's it. And uh, and I think Gilbert, Bur- I, you know, people are giving me shit for this already, but they're like, oh, Gilbert's too small. He's this, he's that. Like, yeah, cool. But we've seen that guy put motherfuckers out with one shot. Now, Hamza is crazy. Don't get me wrong. That dude scares the shit out of everybody. But Gilbert Burns has that ability to, to, to last for three plus rounds. And I think uh, I think he's going to be if he doesn't beat Hamza, he's at least going to show he's human, I think. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's going to be a great card from top to bottom. So I'm very excited for that this Saturday. Uh, real quickly, I said it at the beginning of the podcast. I'm very interested in stories like this that involve media personalities when they say something wrong or do something wrong, especially on social media. It can uh, it can get a little crazy. So Amber Athey, and I'm trying to look up to see, I guess she was a radio station for WMAL, uh, which is in Washington, D.C. She made a joke on Twitter. Um, I guess Kamala Harris wore a brown suit and the photo they're using on the New York Post is from the state, the recent State of the Union. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wrote a tweet saying, quote, this, to be clear, this is not from me. This is from the tweet. Quote, Kamala looks like a UPS employee. What can Brown do for you? Nothing good, apparently. That was tweeted on March 1st. That mm-hmm. was the joke. Um, so I guess what happened was days later, Athy, the radio host, she spoke, uh, quote, spoke critically of protests in favor of trans kids at the University of North Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and she called them left-wing activists who want to chemically castrate children in the name of gender uh, affirmation came after me. So she said something no one liked, and they pulled up that tweet from uh, March 1st. Okay. Um, let me just say this. That tweet, uh, it, that's not a fireball offense. Look, uh, it, okay. It, it's a, I, people get, so, first, let me just say something. People get so defensive for their preferred political candidate. I'm like, why? These people don't give a shit about you. I don't care if you are a Trump guy. I don't care if you're a Biden guy. These people do not care about you. They care about your vote. That's it. Okay. The other thing about it is I have seen a radio host. And by the way, this is a Cumulus station. So Cumulus is under a lot of fire. A lot of my listeners are Kansas City listeners. Um, so for those of you familiar with 101 The Fox, they used to air Chiefs games for 30 years up until last year. They are owned by Cumulus. So just to give you an idea of what Cumulus is, um, Cumulus is under a lot of fire for this. And, you know, listen, I, I know there are radio hosts who have made racist jokes and like like with actual race, racial slurs in them. Uh, there was a radio host in Boston uh, who I know of a little bit because he and I podcasted on another website. He went after, he made a comment about Tom Brady's daughter and there've been a few other controversial comments here and there. Um, Josh, you know who I'm talking about. And Eddie, I know you've responded to this Kevin Keatsman in Kansas city. This guy has made so many controversial comments over the years. And it took a comment. We talked about this earlier. He made a comment about Andy Reid's son. Uh, and he tried to sugarcoat that and say, no, I was talking about his other son. Uh, and it's like, you know, some radio hosts think they're untouchable. Um, l- listen, I don't think this woman should have been fired. Let me just say this. It's the year 2022. Okay. 
you got to be really careful with what you say. Listen, just saying fucking hi on Twitter, like you're going to offend somebody with that. You could just post a just a, a picture of a green square that will offend somebody. OK, like we're, we're kind of at the point now where unless you have like five uh degrees on this subject talking about it might offend someone if you don't know what you're saying here um i don't know if you guys know of this story josh maybe you do but in 2016 this is right after trump got elected so a lot of people were happy and a lot of people were angry um there was a ku cheerleader who took a picture of three male cheerleaders i guess there was some cheerleader party they were wearing ugly ku sweaters which is just a letter k and the three guys standing beside one another it's spelled out KKK and her caption on Snapchat was KKK go Trump. So it's like, you know, you, you make these jokes, you think are harmless, but you, if the wrong person finds it and it upsets them, it just takes that one person for this to go viral. Um, listen, I don't know where you guys lie on this stuff. I don't think, hey, listen, she'll get another job. She, she will. Um, but I don't think that tweet specifically was a fireball offense. I don't know enough about this whole North Texas thing where I guess she was going after this protest. Um, but the tweet, if that's what really was the initial cause of this, I, I, I think Cumulus uh, should be criticized for this. Um, Eddie, I'll go to you first. So we talk about this all the time. Like, people think the First Amendment protects your speech overall. It doesn't. It protects you from prosecution for that speech. Right. If you say something, there's always going to be consequences no matter what, good or bad. Like you said, you say hi to anybody on Twitter. They lose their fucking minds. Oh, oh, you're being racist. What? (laughs) (laughs) So her tweet, harmless as fuck. It didn't really matter. It didn't mean anything. Somehow they just spin that into, you know, racism. I mean, shit, I'll give you an example. Tom Segura, again, going back to the Will Smith thing. Tom Segura called Jada a bitch on Twitter. Remember this. Yeah. And they went after him. First of all, Tom Segura. Might be the human with the least amount of fucks. In fact, Tom Segura has negative fucks in his wallet. Okay, the, the, we people owe him fucks. All right, that's how it is. So he goes out, calls her a bitch, and people not only started going after him for that, they went after him and said he was being it was racist because he was calling uh, an African American female a bitch. And I'm like, how is it? What? And it's stuff that I don't understand. And, but uh, these, these new generations are. I don't, not even, I don't even want to say new generations. These. Social media, I will say junkies, I guess, in a way, just get off on everything like that. So mm-hmm. when it comes to this tweet, um, it made me laugh when it, I, was, I looked it up. when you after you told me before we started the show, I was like, what the fuck did she say? Like, that means nothing. I, uh, you know, it, it's an opinion at best, but she's team conservative, right? Yeah. Social media and the vast majority of people that voice their opinions are, uh, I guess, liberal or lefties, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Right. So conservatives. They say they're, they're under attack and they're targeted. In a way, yeah, yeah. You've been saying a lot of shit for a long time. You tone it down a little bit, but it's too late. You pissed off the whole other side. So is it fireable? No, it shouldn't be fireable. And, they, and they, uh, whatever the name of the company, what was the name of the company? Uh, Cumulus. They should absolutely be hammered for that. And like nobody should want to work for a company that's not going to stand up for their, for, for, for some, you know, for their person when it's something that stupid. Yeah, and listen, I mean, there are radio hosts, media personalities who've said far worse for way far worse, less, far less uh, consequences. Uh, Josh, what, what do you think of this? Dude, if making fun of like a politician is wrong, I don't want to be right. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. like these are these are 
we forget at the end of the day, a lot of people do. It's like they're public servants. Like they they're essentially opening themselves up to this sort of thing. I'm not talking like death threats or like the crazy shit you see on social media, but like making fun of them for like they, they're wearing brown OUPS. That's fucking funny, man. Like, I don't know why that's a big deal, but like, dude, you guys, you guys made me think about something because you're talking about like, you can't even say hi on Twitter. Like, dude, if you say hi on Twitter, motherfuckers going to reply to you with like, oh, so you don't like people who say hello? Like, you can't do, you can't do anything, oh, dude. Like, I got to tell you something. I remember there was a girl in high school, freshman year. And listen, you're at this age where like, you know, you're kind of learning about girls, dating, whatnot, yeah, guy who, yeah. you know, and, um, it turned out she was like a very, very religious girl, like very religious family. Uh, she where she comes from, and I wrote on a text. Keep in mind, this is T nine era. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote Xmas. She goes, "Do you not believe in Christ?" I'm like, "Oh boy!" Oh, like this uh, is the like we're talking about these kinds of things here. No, nah, you're right. This has been way worse said by politicians themselves. By the way, all right, we'd yeah. have fire those assholes. But uh, but Josh, continue your point, man. Uh, I, I cut you off. No, I don't. I don't have a whole lot of cells to say about that. I mean, like the thing that I'm having to learn is something like if I if I tweet something because I have the on. Uh, I mean, it's cool. I make a joke that like I'm like a list celebrity. But I, got, I got the blue check mark. You know, I'm I'm a big deal. You know what I mean? But if I if I make a joke, my friend will send me a text like, "Yo, dog, delete this one." Like you gotta you gotta watch what you say. Sometimes I forget. Oh yeah. People will just search. People will go back to like 2009. Thank God, like my Twitter got like banned like in 2020 because like I made my account when I was like 14 and I reset my birthday for like for me to be like legal now to open it and they banned my account. Fuck Twitter. Anyway, but um, I'm kind of lucky, man, that all that shit got deleted. I'm like, dude, I was like, I don't remember what I said. I'm trying to say anything too bad. I was like a mild mannered nerdy kid who played video games and shit, but like I might have said something. At like November 9th, 2013, when I was 12 years old, that I could come back to haunt me, dude. Like, it is a little bit scary sometimes. And just making a joke about like a UPS comparison, it's like, it's rough, man. Listen, it, it, like, not making, like, being so sensitive about politicians, it's yeah. like, come on, man. Um, it, 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 it's like your preferred candidate cannot be made fun of. I mean, come on. Here's my thing, though. You made a great point about your whole Twitter situation. It's like, I have actually... So it's easy to... If you go on the search bar on Twitter, and I, I just noticed this today. I don't know how long this has been available, but if you go to someone's profile, uh, you can actually search within their profile. You can actually search certain words. This happens a lot. Actually, the, the, Eddie, you mentioned someone was being crazy with me on Twitter, somebody yeah. actually looked up some of their tweets from the past and just published that. They're like, dude, really? you've no, got no, yeah. you've got no room to talk about things. And that conversation died quickly. As soon as I, and I appreciate anyone who came to my defense and not that I was looking for that, but when certain accusations were made, that kind of upset me. But um, l- let me just say this in the past, I have typed my username followed by certain words just to make sure I've never said anything about it. And thankfully, I've never had to go back and delete any crazy shit from the past. Because, um, yeah, you're right. That can come back to haunt you. I, I, I don't remember who it was last year or the year before. Some college basketball player who had a great game. Somebody look, looked up their tweets from when they were in middle school. and just I know what you're talking found. about. I know what you're talking about. But- um, it, listen, I don't have – like I've thought about this. At some point, like if I ever have kids and I'm mm-hmm. assuming Facebook and Twitter are going to be around for a very, very long time, if not something similar. It's like, man, if your kid is going to be on social media, you better teach them really early to just be freaking careful. Because even though it could be just a harmless joke, 
so if you piss off the wrong person, it could haunt you for life. Um, it, it, it's not fair. I mean, look, well, we've all made stupid jokes before. Now, I agree. There are certain comments that should maybe you should suffer the consequences for. This is not one of them. This, but again, it just depends who you ask, right? Right. Now, and the funny thing about Twitter, uh, my old Twitter account also got uh, banned. It was some stupid shit too. It was like some video had a really low, had a really low Eminem song on it, and it got DMCA or whatever. It, anyway, took my whole shit down. I had like seven thousand followers on there. Like, I had, like people were fucking. I got my notifications was just awful, right? So that got banned, and I got this new one. I have like, I'm, I think I might have like fourteen hundred fifty, whatever. Um, I'm so glad that first one got banned. The same reason. I'm like, I yeah. know, at some point back then, I must, I'm, I might have been drunk. I might have just been pissed, and I'm, I probably tweeted some fucked up shit. And so now that all that shit's gone, the one I have now has so little tweets that it's like, all right, cool, I'm good, right? Um, I went back to by the way, I went back to see my, my old Facebook posts. Some of that shit, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Like I gotta delete this motherfucker too. Yikes! I never want to get back to seven thousand followers ever again. I'll, if I ever do, I'll be terrified. Fuck it, that. Listen, uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna make a point, but you kind of made a good point. People say I have a lot of followers. I honestly don't think I do. Mm. Um, here's my thing. Uh, I'm one of those people. Like I have thick skin. I'll have whatever opinion I'll, I'll gladly post, but. When you do make a political opinion, that's when a lot of people get angry at you for certain oh, yeah. things. And it's like, Stick people, sports, bro. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, people always want followers until they have to deal with that side of having so many followers. It's like, look, people think uh, like your life is not going to change because you have, you know, 5,000, 10,000, whatever, 50,000 followers. Like, first of all, that's not a lot, in my opinion. It's really not. Um, a million. OK, that's a lot to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just crazy, but it's like some people just think you live this glorious life. Like, okay, I get it. Women on Instagram, very attractive women. Like they don't even have to be famous. They can just be some attractive girl who goes to college. And there are some really thirsty guys in the comment section. You guys know exactly. Listen, I'm on like Tinder and Bumble and all those sites. Like women all, they don't put a bio on there. They just put their Instagram. And I don't follow any of them. I actually looked up a couple of them just to see if they have they have tons of followers because they know people are going to follow them. And in the comments, thirsty guys who are oh, yeah. desperate for action. It's like, oh boy, what are we doing in twenty twenty two? Josh, what do you want to what do you want to say to that? I I have nothing else to add to that, man. Like I <laughs> I, have, I mean the Tinder point, I I got nothing to say, man. But as far as like this whole the whole, it's something I think about more like more than I should, because I'm not relevant enough to get canceled, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not important even in the slide. I'm like Z tier in the MMA community, let it alone, like, the whole the whole sphere and everything, mm. the entire world, right? But it's one of those things I can think about from time to time. Like, man, I, I do got to be a little bit more careful, like, and I got to make sure like to, I like, my Twitter got banned, the greatest thing of all time, dude. Like, honestly, like, not even having to worry about it. Because I, I know that I didn't do anything wrong, but still, even the thought that somebody can get mad the thought of me doing something wrong is enough for like it's they just have to interpret one thing one way and boom jobs gone fucking twitter's gone it's 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 rough out there man i told my kids i said you know you guys will never know this ever 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 actually know this by feeling it and experiencing it the internet one of the greatest inventions if not the greatest invention of human history social media the worst invention outside of nuclear bombs 
and yeah. weapons and gas and, and you know and Agent Orange and shit like that. Social media might be the worst thing that ever happened to humans fucking ever. I was in Mexico in December for my mom's birthday and I got I had too many drinks and I I did not know this, but I guess Joe Biden was in Kansas City. And for those who don't know, there is a Kansas City, Missouri and a Kansas City, Kansas, and they're right next to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. It's, I love it's, that it's, about your city. It's confusing. I know. Yeah. I made a joke saying, was Joe Biden in Kansas City, Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri, or did he not know where he was? Ha ha ha. And, you know, <laughs> you obviously had people who were offended by that. They were like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing you ever. I'm unfollowing. It's like, good. Please unfollow me. Um, if you're offended over shit like that, I don't want you following me. Right. Um, I was just going to add one more thing to that and we'll sign off. Listen, I know uh, there was a Chiefs fan. Chiefs Twitter is the most glorious place to be. Um, I'm saying that sarcastically mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> with the firehouse it can be sometimes. There was a fan. Again, we're just talking a fan. She was, I guess she used her Twitter years ago and she would quote song lyrics with racial slurs in them. Oh shit! Somebody dug oh, that shit. up, and I guess she's like a really popular Chiefs fan in the community online. Someone dug that up and really just threw her under the bus. I'm like, dude, you don't even have to be relevant. Like Josh was kind of bringing that up. You don't have to be someone significant or famous. I mean, you can just be a sports fan, and if someone, if you piss off the wrong person for whatever you did ten years ago, they're gonna. Remember that and come back and get you. So I, I don't know. People are weird over the things they'll look up. I've always said, listen, Google yourself because when I transferred to KU, dude, they knew everything about me. They knew I wrote for Bleacher Report. They knew I had a Chiefs podcast. They knew all the shit. I'm like, and I talked to a mentor of mine. I'm like, how do they know this? And listen, I was 20 at the time. So, so I was getting ready to transfer. I was 21 by the time I started mm-hmm. going to KU. And my mentor just said, Let's look at my computer. She typed my name into Google and she found all the stuff that KU knew about me, the journalism department. So it's like, you got to make sure whatever you like, look up your Google and look up your social media, make sure you don't say things that you don't want, you know, college admissions or your future boss to know. That's my, if you're going to take one thing away from this podcast, take that away. All right. We're going to sign off on that note. Uh, guys, real quickly, uh, your social media, your podcast blogs, all that stuff. Eddie, you go first. Uh, social media, ELAW32. It's ELAW32. KeyboardWarriorsMMA.com for the podcast. KHIPress.com for everything else. Pretty much. Josh, go ahead. Damn, dude. You sound like a professional. Like, mine's not nearly. I can't run through that. It's quick. Yeah. Add Josh Shimanoff on Twitter. Uh, I do the Courtside Sign Off podcast. Comes out every single Friday. At uh, 8 p.m. Central, my man Angel take about mostly talk about MMA. So go ahead and hit that up at BJ Penn, BJPenn.com for all the stuff that I write for. All right. Awesome, guys. Hey, uh, my voice was kind of on and off this week because of the whole KU celebration. So I, I, I was going to still can't do this. There's no photos of tears. No, no, there were no <laughs> tears. Trust me, not this time. Uh, um, I was way too excited about that. My brother won a thousand dollars. He put a hundred on them or on New Year's Eve to win it all. So. Uh, I'm happy for him. That's it. I'm not a big college guy. So I was more rooting for KU like big time just for that. I mean, obviously they're my alma mater. Don't get me wrong, but I was wanting that more for him than uh, for me. So uh, he's a thousand bucks richer, which is great. Um, But other than that, uh, yeah, my voice was shot, uh, but I was going to push through this. Thankfully, I had two co-hosts who uh, helped me uh, hold this all down. So big thanks to you guys, and uh, I'm sure we'll all do this again down the road. Eddie Law, Josh Evanoff, go follow them on social media. Check out their great work. Uh, with their blogs and their podcasts. I'm Farzee Vasugian. Please be sure you guys share 
the links for this podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to it, share it on social media, tell a friend about Farzcast, and make sure you are subscribed to it, facebook.com slash Farzingvasugian, at Farzing21 on Twitter. I will talk to you guys next week. Uh, I'm very excited. Sam Hayes, uh, he's been on the podcast once before from Pro Football Focus. There's a lot of great stuff with Chiefs content. He's going to be on the podcast next week. We'll talk some Pro Football Focus and NFL Draft for the Chiefs. So all of that much more next week. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Talk to you guys next week.